Alright guys, welcome back to the show. We're waiting for confirmation. I want to remind you guys to go to HankStrange.com, sign up for our email list. Um, that's the best way that we can communicate with you guys. You can communicate with us. Lola uh, throws up deals and all that kind of stuff as well as, you know, lets you guys know what's going on with different things. If you want to uh, support us, you can get these patches right here. We've got two patches out right now. So one is the uh, logo patch, the broadcasting one. And the other one here is what I call the super suit or the blaster patch. Those are both out. You can get those on HankStrange.com. If you do that, while supplies last, I'll throw in some of these GunVote stickers that I got from the NSSF here for you guys in the package. And by, by me, I mean Lola's going to send that out. So, you know, that's how that goes. Um, don't forget to smash the thumbs ups out there. Share this with everyone. We've got a big show tonight. Um, and we're going to get into it here, so smash those thumbs up, so let everyone know that this is going on. Let me throw the fellas in here. We've got Walter Keller of Safety Harbor Firearms joining us, and Safety Harbor, of course, sponsors the podcast, as you guys can see there at the bottom of the screen. We also have Pete Brownell joining us. Hey there guys. he goes. Boom. Pete's in the house. We're all in, we're all in the house here. Pete, a uh, couple of things, a couple of things yeah. that we have to do. So one... I am going to press the button to start the open. We'll do that. We'll let everyone. Welcome back to the Hank Strange situation. Welcome back to the channel, guys. Life Subscribe, thumbs up, unloaded. ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. Pete, we do this thing here called Jazz Hands. No one is immune. Everyone has to do it. All right. Jazz up. Hands. There you go. Jazz Hands. All right. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on. It's going to be fun tonight. This is episode 627 of the Who Move My Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Hank Strange. Our special guest is Pete Brownell. There he goes. He's live. He's here for the... He looks very professional. He's got a professional setup with the microphone. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, wow. So, yeah. yeah, my son set this up. He's oh. <laughs> Awesome, uh -huh. awesome. Yeah. We also have Walter Keller joining us. Walter, what's up? Oh, just another happy day in paradise. Yeah, okay. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Walter, making the guns. And, you know... Uh, the first thing I want to do here, first thing I want to do, we got to do this official hashtag BOP. Okay, yeah, Walter, yeah, he's showing off his uh, Bureau are. of Propaganda shirt Walter has. I'm flying the flag. There it goes. There you are. For all the Join BOP the people out there. Absolutely. <laughs> if I don't do this, Pete, I'm going to be in big trouble with the rest of the <laughs> BOP dudes. They're like, okay, I can't believe you oh, had yeah. Pete Brownells on. You didn't do it. So we did that. All right. So we're gonna. Pete's gonna be here for the whole two hours. He's gonna take questions, all that kind of awesome stuff. Um, I know I've gotten a lot of things, Pete, from the folks out there, and you. There's probably like one question everyone wants to get into here, sure. right? On the subject of the NRA. So um, you know, I don't know if there's really a lot there that's been going on for a while. So I don't know if you've got something that you want to say to cover that, and then we can move on and go on to other well, things it, here. Yeah. Um I've been, uh, I retired from the NRA about two years ago when I stepped down from the uh, presidency. So I've been out of the loop for quite some time. So I'm getting the news feeds uh, like you guys are getting the news feeds. So mm -hmm. it's, I don't want to say there's uh, there's nothing new or any inside that I that I know that's not already out there. We're all uh, mm -hmm. that whole document set out there. So yeah. um, the NRA's got some stuff to work through. Uh, still a Still a group. There's still a, a big group out there that's uh, supporting the NRA as being members and letting your voice be heard. I encourage that. Let your voice, your Second Amendment voice, be heard, like you're doing right here today. Mm -hmm. There's also some other great 
organizations out there right now that are really moving the needle. So join them all. Uh, you got NSSF, you were flying the, the, the patches there, Naga. Great, great group. And there's, maybe we should get in some numbers of new gun owners a little later on in the show if you haven't mm -hmm. touched already with your listeners. Mm -hmm. um, Second Amendment Foundation, Alan Gottlieb, doing some great stuff out there. Mm -hmm. um, there's a whole bunch of them. Second yeah. Amendment, there's just a lot of them. Join them yeah. all. We need that voice. There's GOA. Yeah. There's a bunch of folks out there. There's right. um, there's individuals doing a lot of stuff, which we will get into this. You know, you've got uh, Maj Ture over at uh, Black Guns Matter. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. you've got Kevin Dixie, you've got lots of people out there. And, and I think it's what's important right now, especially right now, is everyone um, needs to get into that mindset that we all have to fight for the Second Amendment. And regardless right. of what's going on, Brownells is still committed to that, right or wrong. That's right on, man. Yep. OK. All right. That's very important for anyone that wants to know. We can maybe get into some things. What's up, Walt? I saw, and I think it was the truth about guns, that the uh, ACLU says the NRA has the right to exist. Now, for the <laughs> ACLU yeah. to be doing yeah. something for Brownells, I mean, excuse me, for for NRA, sorry, sorry about that, Pete. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, 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 that tells you something there, you know, that there could yeah. be a little bit of monkey business going on. Yeah. You know, so. yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if those guys, if those guys are see, taking it that seriously, absolutely, yeah, we can't argue that. So. I I, uh, I, can, I can tell you the ACLU at their core principle is is uh, they're looking to make sure that we have our civil liberties. When they mm -hmm. see someone that they're not necessarily lined up with or in the same, we're sitting around the case, same campfire of uh, how we approach freedom, when they see a the, kind of the gross overreach of the government pushing, which could be determined as politically pushing a civil rights organization out of existence, they're going to stand up and yeah. and say something. So I, I applaud their courage to do that because I know that's that's difficult for the ACLU yeah. to do that. So I applaud them for that. Yeah, and the thing is, is that uh, it ju I don't know if you can. Ju yeah, there you go, Pete. Boom. Just try to get in the center. Go the other way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There Sorry. you go. You're good. Yeah. Um. You know what the thing is? I think that what we all need to realize about that. Um. Couple of things here. One, I know people don't like getting into politics, right? And I understand why. There's certain things in, in the world people don't want to talk about. I'm fine with it. Maybe lots of us are fine with that. But to me, the Second Amendment's not political. Right. It's, it's the Constitution. You know, this shouldn't have anything to do with who's in office or this thing or that thing. It's part of the Constitution. And I think there's we're starting to see organizations out there realize that, guess what? If they get rid of these guys... How much longer is it before they get rid of these guys? Or if they get rid of this thing in the Constitution, how much longer is it before they get rid of that thing in the Constitution? So very important um, to me for what America means and what America will continue to grow into becoming is uh, the Constitution. And, and I think that the ACLU is talking about, mostly talking about the First Amendment when I read those articles, right? Right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So um, there you go. Let me uh, let's see here. Where should we start? Where do we want to start, Walt? You know, I want to uh, I want to cover like we've got Pete here. I want to obviously talk about Pete. I want to talk about Brownells. I want to talk a little bit about the past. I think the past. It, there's a lot of stuff about Brownells and, and how it started out there. And for sure, I'm always happy to talk about that. And there may be people who don't know. So we'll, I would like to get into that. This is the only thing that we that I have planned. I want to talk about the past, what's going on right now, and the future. Awesome. Yeah, the future being the um, biggest, most important part. What's up, Walt? Yep. No, well, I mean, I, I'm familiar with Brownells from the past. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, getting the catalog in the mail, which was kind of like at one time to get the catalog in the mail and just look, just like, oh, look at all this cool stuff. You know, yeah. Look at all this cool stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, kind of like, 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 like the Sears, yeah. like the Sears catalog, maybe. Well, yeah, just no women yeah. in lingerie, you know. Yeah. But, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, yeah, the same kind of stuff, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, look at these cool, you know, all this uh, paint and all this stuff like that. And I mean, that's how that was a gunsmith thing or some of the people that worked on their guns, you know, their firearms. Uh-huh. And a lot of people didn't know who Brownells were. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were sh- they were shooters and, and gun owners because they weren't working on their guns. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, what you what no. you guys have done lately, I think, is um, I won't say I'll say genius a little bit. Um, the uh, it takes a team. <laughs> and I, and I, and I, and uh, I collective ask about genius, that too, collective really genius. Some, I, yeah. I think there's been some conflict probably in that process too. I would imagine. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and, and forces against these. Easy. <laughs> what was that, Pete? Nothing worthwhile is easy. So. Yeah, absolutely. Brian Quick is asking if your microphone is on. I can hear you. Um, if you guys aren't hear hearing you. Pete out there, let us know so that we can correct that. Uh, Lola, are you hearing Pete? I think. Can you hear me? Yeah, I Everybody can hear can? you. I can hear you. Go ahead, talk, Pete. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, your voice is not matching. Oh, I'm not matching up. Yeah, that's uh, that's just going to be a well, little bit common. of the delay and stuff like that going yeah. on here. Okay. Uh, don't worry about it too much. That's because, you know, everyone's live. We're breaking the Internet here. I'll make sure that I don't have – I'll turn off some of my uh, Internet. Yeah. So to get, to get my, my, we'll, we'll my get mind straight, mm-hmm. it was it your, your dad or your granddad that started Brownells? Uh, my grandpa started in 1930, um, 1938. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, he started it when my grandpa, when my dad was born. So he, he had his first child, my aunt, my older aunt, uh, and realized that being a running a gas station was not going to be a, a career that he could really follow. So he started doing gunsmithing and, and his gunsmithing stuff. All he was a really good writer as well, and he had all these buddies that were his friends, like like. Um, um, Bill Ruger, senior. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knew uh, he knew the Hornadies and Joyce. He knew everybody that was kind of in the business back then, and would write to them and ask them for extra parts. He had he had a he had an innovative thing back in the day, back in the '40s, called called a back order. That was a <laughs> that was a cutting edge technology back in the '40s. Back order Bob is what they used to call him. <laughs> really. Yep, and that was so. He, Brownells pioneered the back order. That's interesting. <laughs> At least in this industry, right? it was. Yeah. Uh, they would send. He built a lot of trust because uh, it was one of those uh, things in our industry that it was a handshake was all it took. So people would send him money, and when he got the part, he would send him the part. So he created the back order for us. Mm-hmm. Now today, when we have a back order, I mean the sirens go off and. And we get out the whips and start uh, saying, where's the product? Let's get going. (laughs) So but back, yeah, 70, 80 years ago, it was, or 60 years ago, it was Mm -hmm. a, uh, it was an innovation. Okay. So started that and just moved on from there. Yeah. Now, now 1938, you know, we're, we're still, uh, we're not involved with things going on in Europe and 1939, there's Poland and 19, all of a sudden 1941, there's Pearl Harbor. What happened to Brownells during World War II? Well, the big catalog, we had to ration the paper. My grandpa has a medic had a medical. He was in the he was in the Calvary in a, in Iowa, one of the last mounted Calvaries went to Fort Oh, really? seventeen. Wow. Yeah, we'll put, we have his DD his uh, discharge paper and it said uh, what did it say? Man of good reputation and decent horse riding. 
was his discharge <laughs> paper. <laughs> so he got he got out on a medical, um, and my dad was too young to go. So in the 40s, we had to ration paper. We were rationing gas. We delivered by rail car. So uh, it, to even talk about it, you go, man, this must have been a long time ago. We, mm-hmm. It was a horse-drawn wagon that we would run stuff from the from the house that he was in down to the rail yard and wait for the train to come in, put it on the train and send it out. So things <laughs> things kind of, they didn't halt, but they slowed down. And we were shipping stuff to um, to Europe, the European theater and the African theater back then as well. So guys would write over and say, mostly the snipers, the gun guys would write over and, and we'd send stuff uh, with the State Department or the, uh, the um the army's blessing. Yeah, I was going to say, what were ITAR rules or whatever? Is it ITAR? <laughs> there were no ITAR. Yeah, oh, okay. Right. No ITAR. We've been no around for ATF and in the formation of the ITAR, so, and then the commerce rules. So it's, yeah. yeah, we've been around a while. Yeah. That's, uh, that's cool. That's interesting. Uh, imagine how much stuff has changed over, what are we talking about, from 38 till now, uh, what, 80-something years? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's amazing. So your dad was born, and then and, and your and your grand your grandfather was running everything, um, and then your dad grew up into running the company. Yeah, he was a navy man for a bit, and then came back from the navy right before Vietnam and started running started ex- greatly expanding the products um, from um, just a hardcore gunsmith. My grandpa believed that. You just needed a hammer, one hammer, one screwdriver to be a good gunsmith. <laughs> to a large degree, he was oh. he was he was right to get the basics. But then, World War II really changed the mm-hmm. uh, the function of a firearm, and technology came in, and mm-hmm. secondary uh, product makers came to marketplace. And that's my when my dad, when he came back from the Navy between Korea and and Vietnam, he really expanded into those those uh, non traditional brands like like. Um, Jimmy Clark, so Clark Custom, or Ed Brown, those type of guys were coming out of uh, Korea and Nam and making up the 45s, and mm-hmm. he brought all the parts and all that kind of stuff to, to really expand that really thick book y'all, we all make and produce right now. Yeah, so my, uh, my, my question um, in, in a lot of that would be, um, how was your dad prepared for this, right? How was your dad prepared to, to take over Brownells? Was there any kind of formal thing that was done or he just like he came back and then like yeah you gotta you gotta start working here he, he uh basically came back and and uh started a family right away and so i needed a job grandpa and he mm-hmm. jumped right in it's like i think employee number uh 17 17 oh wow okay yeah. yeah so it was a small company back then yeah what number by the way the the sun the sun is creating some serious problems over there in your place I don't know if there's oh, probably a, a shade or something. Got a, he's got a sun mustache. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's a refraction. I don't know if there's any way to, like, close off a window. Or we'll just have to no, wait. The, the, the sun is setting. <laughs> yeah, because it's... If I can move this way a bit. No, it's cool. It's cool. Don't worry about it. We'll survive. We'll survive. Oh, I see what it's doing. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, guys. Yeah, no, that's can't cool. You can't see me. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, where were we on that? Okay, and I was going to ask if Pete can go a little bit that way so that he's yeah. not cut off when you do the 
Yeah, Lola was was gonna try to get you to position, but yeah, I think. Listen, for the next couple of minutes, it's gonna be tough anyway. There you go, right there, uh, right there, there right we there, go. Baby. How's that? Oh boy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah. There you go, right there. Boom. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, you guys know <laughs> that you guys know Pete's not a vampire because the sun, the sun's not taking him out. We got that one covered. If anyone's w worried about it, right? Confirmation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's good there. Okay. The the sun's gonna keep moving no matter what we do. At some point, it's gonna go down. Um, there, there we go. <laughs> All right, so... Um, but you were, you were mentioning uh, another dynamic to the whole mm -hmm. uh, uh, gunsmithing world and all that was the availability of all the surplus weapons. Yeah, right, that right. Yeah. People were so, modifying and doing all that stuff, you know. Yeah, Yeah, we came back. When I started working, it was uh, all about taking the... Well, we had a lot of Mausers that were coming back in the Cosmoline, so we were doing a lot of custom stuff for, uh, for people doing custom Mausers or mm -hmm. uh, fixing those up, and... One of the first products I helped develop when I came back was taking the flat, taking the carrying handle off the flat tops or off the uh, the M16s, M14, or the uh, M2s that were coming out of Vietnam. Mm -hmm. So right. all those all those Colts that the soldiers were using out of Vietnam were were now we were cutting off the tops, and 20 years later, we're now we're putting the the handle carrying handle back on. Yeah, yeah, it's come kind of full circle. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever think like, man, um, if we would have just uh, stashed those guns away, we wouldn't even have to make a retro line? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah. just be uh, well. Let me back up. If, if the if the U.S. government didn't destroy all that stuff, right, you would have plenty of that stuff. But I've seen stuff that they destroyed. Like, for example, out at MacDill Air Force Base here, when they updated all their old AR-15s and early early M-16s to, like, M-4s, they just yeah. basically take all those all those old parts and cut them up. Yeah. Threw them in the dumpster. Yeah. So, why I mean, that why would they do sold. that? There was no way to salvage them? To Like, I'm assuming they were machine guns or something they didn't want. No, they, I mean, okay, an upper an upper's an upper. A barrel's a barrel. It doesn't yeah. know if it's a machine gun or semi-auto. That's the rules, my friend. Oh, yep. that's, those are, why, those are why do we dump rules. why do we dump armor personnel carriers and make a reef in the water? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we do. We we yeah. Listen, the fish like it. I don't know. <laughs> right? Here, here's an example I here's the example I use. The US government, you, you know, in, in Britain you can't own a twenty two but you can buy a tank. Right. Right. But over here you can own all the guns you want, but the government won't let you have a little bit of armor. They're yeah. scared, you know, they're going to do something bad. So, yeah, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. That's uh, a That's tanks, a, tanks for I, everyone. I I agree. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I stumbled into some early AR stuff when they did that. Somebody I knew was in the military out there and actually pulled stuff out of the garbage can. Mm -hmm. Their early their early pre uh, trapdoor stocks. Right. Um, I even got a, I even got a couple of the early birdcage. I mean, the try the try. The three three, three prong flash hiders, the lightweight ones. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I, I saw parts cut up that was like, holy cow, man! I mean, for a long time nobody wanted that stuff because it wasn't it wasn't the latest thing. But now that whole circle of you know life has came back around to the retro stuff, and people are ape crazy about that stuff. Mm -hmm. so, you know, yeah, that's that's the way it goes. Do you guys have an informal? Um or formal kind of like library or a museum or something of all the guns going back? We, we well, we do. Uh, it's an informal one. We have a, our helpline, the gun techs. Mm -hmm. uh, when you call up and ask for some gunsmith help, you talk to this group of people there that's been uh, 
been helping out other gunsmiths and do-it-yourselfers for decades. They've got a library, and but it's a bit of it's a bit of a it's guns that they've been working on, and okay. been so it's not this pristine museum type stuff. We do have some uh, interesting pieces that have come by our or across the threshold that are in a, a more secure spot, and mm-hmm. we're starting to roll those out into our retail store because they're really fascinating. You know, we had a for example. Um, We've got uh, uh, the, the the Sharps rifle from Quigley, Tom, Quigley down yep, under. Yeah, yeah. It's coming back. It's, mm-hmm. it's out at the NRA right now, but it's coming back. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got some other things. We've got a pygmy gun back from back in the 30s that uh, my grandpa got from a guy that was over in the Pacific. Oh, okay. Uh, we brought, brought all that kind of stuff back. Yeah. So we've got some neat things. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so it, it, is there any thought of sometime, some point putting something together? Or are you going to do something kind of in the store that people can come probably, in and see? Yeah, probably in the store right now mm-hmm. to try to gather the, uh, just to kind of show that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, we are, you know, I like, I like all my firearms are using, you got to use them and touch them. So we don't want to have it behind glass and no one can touch it. So it's mm-hmm. going to be kind of stuff that we can get out every once in a while and, and, uh, show people and let, let, the gunsmiths out there have never seen some of these guns get their hands on it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so, you know, yeah. the thing is here, I don't know if we could fast forward a little bit. You coming into the game, so you the company started when your dad was born. When right. you were born, where was the company at? You're from like, what are you, from like, what a six? I have to go 50, back to Wikipedia. Yeah, 52, what am I? I was born in 69. 69. So. Yeah, 51, yeah. I'll be 52 soon enough. Yeah. So... Yeah, so I, yeah, I uh, I didn't go to the military, so I came back after about a about a I don't know five well, almost a decade mm-hmm. out of college working on my own, mm-hmm. and uh, came back, and uh, I guess my claim to fame was I I started the, one of the very very first e-commerce sites in our industry. Mm-hmm. My last my last job before I came back was in Silicon Valley building up Silicon Valley in construction trades. Mm-hmm. So I saw all the you know when Amazon was just doing. I mean, Borders was kicking Amazon's butt mm-hmm. back then, so I got to grow up with all those web brains and do a lot of work for them. So I got a chance to just absorb all that and brought that back to this industry. Yeah, very cool. I know, I saw you did an interview with the guys from AR15.com where you were talking about a lot of this. If, yeah. if folks want to go check that out, you were building elevators, you said, in Miami? I was, I was an elevator and... Yeah, yeah, elevators and escalators, that kind of thing. <laughs> so subcontractors to all the big high-rise stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, a cool job. Yeah, so that was your entry before coming into coming into Brownells, right? Right. And then right. you have a degree in marketing, so you're a marketing guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, marketing and administration and MBA and all kinds of other yeah. things there to keep your, your mind sharp. Yeah, yeah. Did you want to ask something here, Walt? Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, marketing. And I understand, I, but a gut this this trade this world's a little different than the average. You know, we're not selling toothpaste or things that right. people have to have. You don't have. I, I don't want to get people upset. Yeah. You don't have to have a gun. Watch, <laughs> watch your know, watch dirty mouth. Oh, we're lighting up over here. Yeah. Or you don't. Or you don't How have dare to. Have you, the, Walter. you don't have to have the latest sight, or you don't have to have what? the latest. Stop walking. I, I, I know, stop. I know, God forbid. Um, so <laughs> you, it's, it's kind right of a different. Sometimes you have to convince or show people they yeah. need something. And I think that's kind of what Brownells did. And early, even early on, you yeah. mentioned your father or your grandfather was a writer, too. Right. right. So I know Brownells wrote like tech 
tech papers for different products and how to use right. them and things like that. People collected that stuff. The gunsmith people kept mm -hmm. it as a before there was the interweb. You know, they flip <clears> through <throat> their pages and go, "Oh, look at that! Yeah, that's how I do that." Yeah, back when people could read. You know, yeah, and, right. So yes, the um, the how to was we went from a hardcore gunsmith at our beginning that my grandfather targeted, and my dad changed the focus a bit to be uh, a tabletop gunsmith. Anybody who's doing the fixing at on their tabletop, which expanded the market from about you know seventeen thousand, twenty thousand people back in the day when we started to about about two million when my dad decided to broaden the scope. But when we did that. We had to write a lot of content on how to um, people when they're fixing a gun. One of the big things they when they first change a, a, a cassette nut or, or put in a bolt. They don't want the gun to blow up on them. That's their biggest fear. That's kind of rooted down deep. I don't want it to blow up my hand. Uh, so we had to put a lot of uh, how tos to make sure that, that each step was followed. So once they get that first thing done, then they start rolling into everything else. So a lot of a lot of tech help. A lot of online stuff now, a lot of articles were written. Yeah. Um, and it's you know, been pretty awesome. All that, all, all that stuff from, from days go past, all that stuff about how to do this is still all available? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all online right now. We have four books that my dad wrote called Gunsmith Kinks, um, things along those lines. So it's kind of how to do it. Um, but but back to the marketing question, I kind of started this. How do you, how do you inspire creativity? Is really what it is, and how do you firearms are something very personal when you when you buy one? Uh, we're like, what's your favorite hunting gun? And you, you don't you'll get the caliber, and then you'll get the hunting story. Mm -hmm. So these are really passionate. Or what's your protection pistol? You get why it's mm -hmm. it's your protection pistol. Mm -hmm. So you're really marketing to the heart and to the individual person. Mm -hmm. And when you start to accessorize, that's what the AR-15 is fantastic. It's you can make that your just exactly do the thing that you want, look like the way you want, fit it perfectly to you with, without having to have a buy a lathe or a mill. Mm -hmm. And everybody wants that personalization, and that's kind of what we're selling is make it yours. It's a very personal thing. So all those those 60 or 70 guns that you have, they're all individual yeah. um, characters to them. Yeah, and by the and, way, I see I see questions and stuff coming in. We're going to definitely get sure. to that, okay? And I see super chats and stuff. We'll get to that here in a second. Walt, did you want to um, follow up? By the way, smash the thumbs well, up, people. And, and that, yeah, the AR-15 is the, the perfect Lego gun because yeah. you don't have to be a gunsmith to build one. Mm -hmm. Right. You don't have yeah. to have... I think have an AR is easier than a 1911, which is not really oh, like the most yeah. complicated oh, yeah, gun yeah. out there, but it's definitely... No, but yeah. to get it to run right, it can be complicated. <laughs> and, and, and not that an AR-15 can't be complicated to get to run right, too, right. If, you, if you don't have yeah. any clue. But... Yeah. The physical assembly of it's pretty simple. I mean, it right? is. so yeah, with basic tools you can buy or you can borrow from your friends, you mm -hmm. can put one together. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. simple and easy. And then these days we're talking about uh, relative. Well, I don't know, not these exact days, <laughs> you know, but it's relatively yeah. inexpensive. Prices have come uh, come down and yeah, back up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So I think availability ahead. is more of the issue now than price. So yeah, right. Um, on certain things, you know, there's, as we know, there's been a run on everything here lately. So, yeah. yeah. So here's one of the things that, that I, I know you're looking at the chat. Is there something in the chat? Well, you know, a DCG 44, 60, 70, I'm a, I guess <laughs> 60 or 70 guns. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> rookie numbers. Yeah, I'm a rookie. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to scare us. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's listening. You don't know how many guns I've really got. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell you exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's go to this second. We'll go to the super chat because Tyvin gave us a super chat. We'll go to his question and then we'll jump back into the history stuff. Uh, the Tyvin Show, shout out to him. He's one of the moderators. Helps us out. Always here. We appreciate yep. him, uh, especially we appreciate the five bucks. Uh, Tyvin says, can you ask about record gun sales and what he's selling and what's the best-selling gun um, everyone is buying and most sold gun in his store? So there Sure. Okay, if, so record if gun you, sales. If you, yeah, I don't know if you, you know, I know there's lots of people over there keeping tracks of all of this, so, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, the numbers, the numbers, um, uh I'll speak to Adjusted Nicks, and there's some great resources for Adjusted Nicks. Mm-hmm. Um, NSSF has some great charts. Mm-hmm. We've seen we've seen a doubling for the season. Usually, usually in the summertime you'll have a big spike uh, through Christmas, and it starts to swing down. So right now is usually the lowest period in mm-hmm. the in the year. We're seeing we're seeing a straight line across about, about twice as many guns that we would have sold in this period. Um, mm-hmm. We've ever sold, uh, so we're seeing some days are up 300% on average. Right now, we'd be uh, we'd be about that 30, 34% year over year mm-hmm. right now. So it's a bit, it's a good jump, mm-hmm. and it's pretty consistent. And it, and the industry is bone dry right now, yeah. meaning there's no inventory in piles in anybody's location, including yeah. retail, wholesalers, or factories. What's interesting in March. The industry before March 15th, before everybody kind of got this this COVID fever going, the industry had a lot of fat in it, a lot of inventory sitting around. So we saw a huge spike, and what that was is it was the industry getting the inventory getting sucked out of the industry. Factories can keep up with a with a short term 20% spike. Mm-hmm. We saw it was 40s and 50s and 60% consistent spike when you measure the weeks. So sales were up that we could fill demand right then, but then as inventory depleted, demand was still high and we're bone dry right now. Mm-hmm. Fat, the best selling the best selling right now is, is the protection pistols. When people walk in, they'll say, I want a pistol, I want a shotgun, and they're looking at Glocks right now, because Glocks are Glocks. Um, you're a nine, a nine millimeter, you're nine millimeter Glocks. Then when Glocks run out, they'll go right to the, uh, the shield Everybody wants to SIG, but SIG can't keep up. So when the SIGs are in, they're like this as well. Mm-hmm. But it's those companies that have a good supply and ability to supply. So the winners right now, um, Glock, Smith & Wesson, which is really, they're really ramping up. Um, when SIGs are in, great, but I would say the third is going to be the Rugers. Mm-hmm. And those are the great uh, pistols. And then uh, below that will be the shotgun. It's going to be the... Um, Whatever, whatever. Your Mossbergs, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming, yeah. I'm assuming your traditional what? like Mossbergs I, I, and all that. Yeah, I'll yeah. take a guess at it. Base, basic pump shotguns. You can't keep it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Whether they're whether they're Mossbergs, whether they're made in Turkey, whether wherever they're made, basic pump shotguns. That's it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and they're going to be those those shorter barrels, not the long duck uh, right. duck not length, not the thirty fours or above. So. These are these are tactical home shotguns, uh, right? And then right after that sale, in the same box will be 
um, a bunch a bunch of home defense nine millimeter and uh, twelve buck twelve dollar or twelve uh, twelve gauge buckshot. Um, if the person's buying for the other family members, it'll be a twenty gauge shotgun. Mm-hmm. So really? we're seeing, yeah, mm-hmm. we're seeing, we're seeing a, a stuff that sounds like this, and you guys could probably confirm this on. I've never wanted to buy a gun before, but now it's time. And uh, show me what I need to know. Well, show me what I need to know. Mm-hmm. And we'll go through. And the first thing we, we show them is where to go get training. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is here's your Glock, your Smith, or your Sig, or your Ruger, and here's your here's your Mossberg. Mm-hmm. The go get training. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of that's happening with the shotgun thing. This is me, you know, just speculating or whatever. Um, I think that's happening because in most places that's what's legal. Try you know, your pump action. Well, gonna, Joe, yeah. Joe Biden says that's all you need. So yeah, two Joe shots. Biden says that's all you need, then boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's not what he's talking now, but we'll definitely. Oh, 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 yeah, okay. we'll definitely well, get it. That's old Joe Biden. That's old Joe Biden. This is real yeah. old new Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. yeah if we want to figure it out. <laughs> so. Um, you know, I think that, I, and, and I saw you talking about this on Fox. I think to uh, is it was it Stuart Varney? Stu, yeah, Stu yeah. Varney. Yep, I saw you talking about it. It's one of the things that made me say I reached out to uh, Ryan after I saw that because you know I think like if I was them and you came on, I'd want to talk to you for a long time. You know, but this is the way the the news business works, right? So just, sound bites. Yeah, it's just little sound bites and stuff like that. Um, so. It's it's amazing. I think you said ninety five percent, like volume spike from you guys that you guys have seen. Yep, it's been yeah, it's been pretty. It's been a stellar uh, run since March. Yeah, and uh, it's it's across the board. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's across the board type of everything that we have is being sold right now, um, and it starts with the cheaper ammo which has been burnt through in the industry. So mm-hmm. get your name on back orders in many places, frankly, even some of the competitors are Brownells, mm-hmm. get your nine millimeter. Um, and then it goes to the higher grade stuff and the, the more precision, but everything's being sold right now. Still running out. There's a big run on mags right now yeah. because of, uh, you know, freedom, um, hopefully freedom is being delivered in California. Soon. Yes. Right. Hopefully. hopefully. And, uh, yeah. So that's making a run on all, uh, high capacity magazines now in New York we're we're pushing hard we're going to be pushing hard there too once this ruling comes through that's the next next area where we can hopefully get uh, some of those things peeled back as unconstitutional mm-hmm. absolutely yeah um, so that leads into one of the questions I'm gonna try to take questions from from as many people as I can I know there's a lot of uh, questions and stuff I'll try to go through this in order 42 chilled says Brownells take on gun control and the plan to fight it. Um, there are, there are, uh, yeah, gun control. There are, there are two ways, three ways. I would say people are the, the gun control advocates have attacked this industry. They, the traditional one we see that are, that are legislation based, mm-hmm. they've lost at the fed level for a while. So they're going back to the state level. So get involved in your state gun groups and fight at the at the state level and at the at the municipal level. Always fight back on this because that's once there's a foothold, they continue to grab and, and take and, and point out to them mm-hmm. that it's not the 
law-abiding gun owners are doing the, the problems here, as we all know how to fight that. The second thing is a little more insidious. The banking institutions are starting to constrain financing mm -hmm. to gun manufacturers. Mm -hmm. So if they can't get financing to make guns, there's less guns. Yeah, Unless, an effective ban. You know. An effective ban. So we heard of, uh, what is that, choke point under under uh, Obama, mm -hmm. it, it was brought to light and uh, the gun control group said, yeah, you caught us, but we're going to continue to push that initiative. So that stranglehold on finance is causing some some concerns. It, it manifests itself also, and you saw it, if you follow the public companies, um, hostile board members coming in and saying, Ruger, we need a policy for smart guns. Mm -hmm. What are we doing there? And that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had a friend call call it, uh, and it's a proxy battle. What they call the mm -hmm. like you vote all that proxy stuff. That's that's part of that same group. And then also, insurance companies are saying you're you're the math is not right to give you a cheap insurance, so we're going to just make it more expensive to mm -hmm. uh, be business. Mm -hmm. So there's that stuff, and then you have the legis you have the uh, the judicial push. All these lawsuits. Mm -hmm. that are starting to manifest themselves in, um, in, in clear violation of uh, uh, the Lawful Trade in, in Commerce, Firearm and Commerce Act. So mm -hmm. all those things cost money. All those things slow, slow down uh, what I would call delivering freedom in America. So mm -hmm. um, that's how those things are happening. We fight them by um, you got you to be courageous and put yourself out there as corporate leaders and the industry does. Um, Cutting deals like Smith and Wesson did 20 years ago with uh, um, I can't remember what it was that they did. Uh, they took away the they it was up the high cap mag when they were owned by the British conglomerate. Mm -hmm. um, when they cut a deal with the government to say, "Hey, lay off under Clinton, lay off of us, and we'll reduce the mag count." Yeah, uh, car carve outs, carve outs for them. Yeah, yeah. we've seen yep. different things. Yeah, but that's. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's not that's not that's capitulation. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't work in the end. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It shouldn't. You know. Yeah. It's, uh, so, um, gun control. It's it's it's, it's uh, encroaching upon civil liberties. Mm -hmm. You know, I right. I say. Well, I'll say this today, and then the set the follow up statement is we need to reduce the number of laws, but mm -hmm. just enforce the laws now. And then we need to fight to make sure that the laws that are on the books are still constitutional. And I would argue that there's a lot of them that are not, or there's an overreach or, or regulatory pressure that's just unfair to many demographics that mm -hmm. aren't the elite demographics, have the cash to buy uh, security. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Constitution's for everybody, not just the ones with the money. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. and yep. we got we got to reel back these uh, agencies that, that decide they're going to make law when they're not and they're not there to make law, ATF, yeah. uh, e EPA. Like EPA, yeah. for example, EPA, what if the EPA says no more lead, right? Right. Uh, no, they try. They, they sneak it in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, so yeah. that's 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 uh, backdoor gun control stuff. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we're, yeah, we're, we're always in danger of seeing those kinds of things. And the people who are the most disenfranchised by this are the people that those politicians, um, those policy setters out there profess that they're in the business of taking care of those people. 
Those well, are the people well, hey, who are hey, the most disenfranchised. If you do that kind are. of stuff, all of a sudden ammo becomes very expensive. All of a sudden uh, now well, the average person out there, it's really expensive for them to defend themselves. Right? Hey, hey, you don't want the poor children to have lead, do you? You don't want the poor – that's the techniques they use. Well, mm-hmm. Oh, well, mm-hmm. you know, it's, 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 it's gun violence. It's gun violence. I never saw a gun get up and run down through the streets of Chicago and shoot people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, I think, and that goes back to that goes back to what uh, Pete was saying that you know we need to. How about like dealing with the things that are already there, enforcing those laws? You're already, and a lot of these places they know who the oh, bad yeah. guys are. Right. right? It's Let's not the law-abiding per- guy Let's out there work. who's going to work every day and wants to be able to defend himself, or this is his hobby, he enjoys this, he enjoys competing, whatever it is, or the guy who's hunting. It's not that guy. It's someone else who doesn't care what the laws are, but you know who it is. You know where uh, those guys most are. Of, I'd rather put we put with it, we're all putting in and mm-hmm. trying to trying to have policies to anti-gun people and the you know our side of the pro-gun pro-liberty people mm-hmm. put all that energy and cash that we're using fighting at each other at the root cause of what causes violence mm-hmm. i think like what maj is doing right now when he goes right into a, i mean there's a lot of guys really they're mm-hmm. going there teaching mm-hmm. um conflict resolution and how to be a good citizen mm-hmm. to people who haven't ever had a, a ray of hope and maj is a great ray of hope mm-hmm. i'd rather put the energy there than trying to defend the line that's been drawn that mm-hmm. by the Constitution, I'd rather put all our energies in that. Yeah, you but know what's we've got, to, we've got to fight for that line. Absolutely, yeah, and 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 everyone fights fights these battles in different ways, right? And I think like guys like Maj or Kevin Dixie, uh, you know, we've we've had Edgar from Guns Are for Everyone on here. Those people are each uniquely uh, equipped to fight those battles in their own way. One of the biggest problems I find. With uh, when it comes to like we're talking about all these people buying guns, right? Five million new gun buyers, etc. So many people out there don't even know about the Second Amendment, right? You know, if well, you think some about this, don't, they don't even know about the, the any of the amendments, none, zero. No, they don't because yes. they've never been they've never been taught any of this stuff in the in the leftist schools. So. Yes, and they don't understand no, I mean, they don't understand how they could do these things. Um, there's lots of people who are hardworking people. They don't want to get in trouble and all that, and they just believe like, hey, I can't defend myself, so I have to deal with this kind of stuff. And I think that j- it, it seems like a small thing, but once people start to understand that and get into guns, I, I just say it's like a gateway drug to freedom. You start realizing all of these things, and you start well, looking at what people, the politicians, because we're all hiring these politicians. We're all voting for them. I- we should be keeping an eye on them and making sure they do what they tell us they're going to do. And this goes across the spectrum, right? Because we, we're getting problems from people who say that they're Republicans, conservatives, they believe in the Constitution, all that kind of stuff. But getting people to understand this is a big deal. You know? It is. It is. And there's in areas where, and I think it's being a, may be made a point right now when the all the institutions that we rely on for safety, law enforcement, uh, good citizenship, uh, which is based on do you have good economy, safety in your job, foods available, mm-hmm. you're not having to be quarantined and put that in that pressure cooker of not having your, your travel freedom. All those things have been broken down, and now people are realizing that those institutions that gave us safety are no longer – we can no longer rely upon them. Mm-hmm. And they're realizing, wait a second, there's this document that some old guys wrote a couple of years ago 
that gives me the right for gives me certain liberties, and they're mm-hmm. starting to explore that. That's the largest growth. The largest growth in new in firearms sales have been new firearm owners in uh, urban areas, mm-hmm. which are traditionally those that thought they did not need a firearm because the police were there and they looked down their nose at us. Now they're saying, wait a second, maybe there's there's something to this this constitutional right, mm-hmm. and, they're buying, and they're voting with their dollars. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. Let me uh, get another comment. Flying Rich gave us a couple of bucks here. Thank you, Flying Rich. He says, compete night shooting gallery any uh, into the BOP. So I'm assuming he says get into the BOP. I'm assuming. So he's asking a yep. BOP question. Um, okay. How do you so, get in there? Yeah. Oh, it's I mean, top secret. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, be a good advocate. Be a good Second Amendment advocate. Uh-huh. Make your voice be heard. Hank, you, you're in. Yes, absolutely. Uh, listen, the thing is, so I always tell people this, um, and we've had we've had Ryan on, we've had Josh on, we've had Roy on. Shout out to all those guys. By the way, the BOP crew, awesome. I, I, I want to have a conversation about that. But those are really great guys. Honestly, I feel like that, those guys are like uh, family, you know, and that's not – there's companies who say that. I think those guys really mean that. Lola and I definitely, uh, we feel that about them. So those guys have been on, and those guys have laid it out pretty much. If you're a gun guy and you're doing cool gun stuff, you know, share your cool gun stuff on social media, and you can at Brownells and put hashtag BOP in there or hashtag Bureau of Propaganda, and, you know, just do the cool things and put it in there. And there's folks looking at this at some point. They will recognize what you're up to, and they'll reach out to you, and it'll happen. So show Brownell some love. That's all you yeah. have to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it doesn't and have do to cool be. A, it doesn't have to be a Brownells thing. Those guys are just looking for no. cool stuff going on in the gun world right. in the community, and it doesn't have to be specifically Brownells. You know. So there you go. One of the ways We're, to not get in there is to harass Pete. <laughs> yeah. so I, have, I do have a blacklist. Yeah. The, the squeaky no, just, wheel will get changed. Just, no, just, be a, yeah, be a good, be a yeah. good second amendment supporter. Let yeah. your voice be heard. Be bold yeah. and be out there. Yeah, Pete's in charge of a lot of things, but I don't know. I don't. He's not. He can't no. help you get in there any faster. No. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'll just put it to All you right. that way. You know, um, you got, you got, you got somebody giving you fifty dollars. You see that? Oh no, I didn't see it. Hold on, let me see. Where is that? Let's get to that there. Okay, boom. Yeah, let's get that comment up there. Thanks to Jen Champ Jr. for the fifty bucks. We appreciate that. He says, uh, "Pair character riding a firework rocket disappearing away before bursting into the sky." So I guess that's a description of a of a uh, of a sticker. So basically, Jen Champ got the sticker of the pair character. Someone's going to have oh, to go yeah, look yeah. that up and send me a picture because I can't see it on the system oh, that I'm using. you can't see that? Yeah, so he got a sticker. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Um, that's awesome. Right out there. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to get some other uh, questions in Guns here. and Gears in the chat. Guns and Gears in the chat. Oh, shout out to Guns and Gear. Let's see what's Guns and Gear saying. Yep. Let me see. Where is he? Here we go. Oh, Mr. Guns and Gear channel says BOP member checking in. And if you want to know how Guns and Gear got in there, it's because he has a beautiful bald head. (laughs) Okay. And a magnificent beard. (laughs) And does lots of cool gun stuff. So you're competing with with Guns and Gear. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) 
So shout out, shout out to Guns and Gecko. You know, Hank, but what you're exemplifying is why the propaganda, Bureau of Propaganda is awesome. Yeah. It's a good community. I mean, I see you guys, we, uh, at at the shows, you're helping each other out. When we go on our big junkets or or boondoggles with the social crowd, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun, guys. Mm -hmm. If you can ever hook up with them. At any event or anything that they're doing or any shoot that they're at, do it. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a big family. It's it's a great industry to be in. Yeah, absolutely. These guys are always traveling around the country too. So, what was what were you going to mm-hmm. say, Walt? All right. Who who was the mastermind of the BOP? Who who said we need to? I and mean, <laughs> in, in reality, the BOP is to reach out to a younger audience. Yeah. True. I, I know this a little bit. I know Roy's wife actually designed the flag. She did. Yes. Yes, she did. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that was cigars and scotch. But it, it does reach sure. out to a different a different audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Obviously, you um, know, there's a lot of and the. Uh, I mean, my opinion, the uh, you know, the traditional gunsmith is sitting at his little bench and he's surrounded by his tools and 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 he's like he's focused like a, like he's got his yeah. know, things on, and, and sometimes all these guys think all that stuff is silly, when you mm-hmm. laugh and you have fun. But guns, you're you're silly. You're you're, you're not. It's nonsense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but well, that limit that kind of, to me that kind of limits the audience too to that to that 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 mindset you know where you mm-hmm. can't have fun and, and and do that stuff too you know or or be a little goofy or something like that you know so, yeah I think that yeah. our our industry uh, geez, 15 years ago it suffered from the I'm in the club and I'm closing the door and you better know about guns a lot before I even crack the door. So you almost had to be born into the industry mm-hmm. about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. It, was a, yeah, it, was, well, it was a little bit of that the, from, from some of the old school guys, not all of them, not all of them. Some sure, of those, yeah. Old, yeah those, but there was a little bit of that. There was a little bit. Yeah. A demographic. Dem- Look at this. So the demographic was a lot of our customers were of that older crowd. They were very good. Um, and we, we realized that we needed to open the door a lot to bring in uh, uh, this new generation that's coming in. And they were, they were coming in with a different experience. There was a generation that didn't uh, take their kids out hunting or to the range because they were really, you know, nose to the grindstone trying to make things work as, as uh, life got more complicated during that, that uh, 70s and 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. So there was a generation of kids that weren't, weren't uh, into the group and were being taught through video games what firearms are all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, yeah. we need to bend that curve a little bit and yeah. do a little bit more of the, uh, yeah, that was, as they moved into their 30s and their 40s, uh, we needed to have something, some place for them to land that felt like it was theirs. Mm-hmm. And that was part of what the Bureau was about. Uh, going digital is a big part of that. Being able to... Um, enjoy a broader, quicker, three gun came about by then too. So it was real quick. It wasn't to stand there in your leather strapped up jacket shooting <laughs> offhand with your hand in your pocket, those types of things. Mm-hmm. So the games changed, the environment changed and how you present yourself to the market and how you create a community also changed with this new technology we're even on yeah. today. So we're just right. adapting. There were some old guys saying all you needed is a shotgun. You went into a, you went into a gun store. This happened to Lola and myself. We went into a gun store, and the dudes were like, "Here, little lady, all you need is a shotgun. When you make this sound, chick, it scares everyone." 
<laughs> you know, well, I mean, it, there was that kind of thing, and I and it and I think that kind of thing turns um, a lot of people off, right? Right. We uh, so the real fat numbers are in big numbers: 110 million gun owners in America, whether they raise their hands or not. Okay. Between 108, 110. Okay. 75 million are um, three guns, up to three guns. Mm-hmm. So one to three guns. Hmm. Um, 30 million are three to five and uh, five and above, and you can slice it even deeper, five and above um, get you into about five million, well, yeah, uh, about five million is what we can put our, our best guess on that mm-hmm. in, in America. So Yeah. I've, yeah, I've so always guessed about that number. I've always guessed, like, yeah, yeah it's probably around five million or mm-hmm. so yeah Five six. of the hardcore like we've got multiple guns uh kinds of dudes right. yeah yeah and uh, there's a few of us that have more than 70 guns but yeah no we would know no one's good you know <laughs> i don't know how many i really don't know the exact number. <laughs> yeah yeah it's that's how you that's the real about. elite dudes i don't know <laughs> if you have to count it. you're not a gun guy <laughs> Uh, it, yeah. it, it, it's not it's not like a bragging thing i don't know I'm, I'm not saying that but, <laughs> yeah but but uh, you know it, it's, it, I, I, it's not something i worry too much about you know? yeah like, okay yeah. got yes yeah. right absolutely so uh let me let me do something here christian grest we're talking about bop he gave us 25 bucks he says getting into the bop has really been one of the coolest things i've been a part of in the firearms world hats off to brownells uh, thank you. Thanks for that. And you know it, it is. So how did these guys like? How I think you were saying they made you drunk. They got you drunk and they convinced you <laughs> this was this was <laughs> no, a thing. How, how does they showed up with the flag and said, "Look, what we've been doing for a while." So it's Ryan and Josh and that team and Red Roy. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of fun together, uh, mm-hmm. and those guys are uh, very creative. And you you probably had them on. They're probably great dynamic. Mm-hmm. energy when they're on individually or together yeah oh, and they just came up with it and it's it's great it's it's be part of the community mm-hmm. and you know we, we approach social a lot different than than uh, traditional marketing companies would which means uh we took a couple of years to build the brand and then we turn it over to you guys the customers we are a reflection of what you tell us not what we not what we hammer down on you so Bureau of Propaganda is your your voice, your your club, your your organization. We just happen to be able to put the the swag pieces together for you and make it kind of, you know, collectively cool. Mm-hmm. So but it's but it's you guys that are really making it uh, it's it's awesome experience. So yeah, that's think, what we do with our brand these days. Yes, absolutely. I, and it's not like if people think it's it's uh, something that's trying to push brownells because it sounds like that right bureau of propaganda those guys really are trying i've seen them like trying to recognize folks out there in the gun world that are doing cool things and sharing it um and there's there honestly there's no limit (laughs) it's not a secret thing or whatever like every gun guy can be in there just you know we'll just those guys just have to travel around a lot or or, or get around to people but there it's nothing like that it's really trying to recognize what folks are doing out there when yeah. there's a lot of companies that and I could tell you from my point of view uh Walter and and you know for that matter Pete as a guy doing this YouTube thing as a content creator a social media person there's a lot of companies that have zero respect for us 
You know, they yeah. have when they when they look at us, they're like, whatever, we could care less about you, right? Um, that's getting less and less now because I think they're realizing in this age how important it is. But there's still folks who feel that way, like we don't have that much respect for what you do. It's no big deal, you know. And it's it's cool to have folks out there who recognize that people are doing things. It's mm-hmm. not going to make you like some people might think, oh, this is going to make you somehow blow up and and all of a sudden, no. I, it's I don't think it has anything to do with that. It's just. Here's some cool stuff going on, and these guys are sharing it. Walter, who is a manufacturer and he sells stuff, uh, he's in there. There's 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 quite a few folks out there. Um, all walks I, of life. I didn't even. I wasn't even trying. That's the thing. I just, I just we just yeah. make stuff and share the stuff and yeah. show it. And boom. Yeah, and boom. what you now do, I'm but you do, yeah, and you do a lot of stuff. I think you embody it in your way, Walter, because you know. Um, so for example, Walter and I, we do a lot of things together, and he's doing. You know, those wind up being Brownells things, right? Or we're, we're shouting out Brownells. And there's probably people going to you, Walter. What are you doing? Why are you shouting out the Brownells guys? Those well, guys yeah, are already but, big. <laughs> well, no, I haven't heard that, but it's like there is some there is this thought that why are you propping up? Are you, are you you're not getting anything for that? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. It's like yeah. you're not getting anything for that. Why are you talking about those guys? Yeah. Or or any other company. It's like, well, because I use their stuff and I like their stuff and Yeah. And you were and also helping doing me out. You were also helping me out, which by the way, the Brownells guys right. recognize that. You know, so when and, I talk and, to Josh and, and, and Ryan, they're like, you know, and, and, and Roy, they're like, Hey, we see that Walter is helping you out to do stuff and they want to be able to do something to, that you would recognize, hey, we see you and what you're doing. Right. right. And and we, they help you get new stuff so we can do stuff. That kind of yeah, stuff, you know. We should well, this stuff, stuff, like, stuff, stuff. Yeah, stuff, stuff, stuff. yeah. We, we've got a bit of a philosophy that uh, you, you may have heard the phrase uh, a, uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. Mm-hmm. Well, our phrase is how do you be the tide? How do you lift all boats, including those that would be traditional competitors? So, if the industry is doing well, mm-hmm. healthy dialogue, healthy uh, sales, we all do better. Because the worst thing you can do is start to uh, to have this scarcity mindset, uh, like this either or, I win and you lose mindset. There's this this concept of plenty. There is plenty of work. There is plenty of voice. There is plenty of room. And if you share that with your excess to those that are that have a bit of a scarcity, mm-hmm. you try to be the tide. We all, all do better, not just as an industry, but I believe as a society. Right. Yeah, I agree with and, you on and that. And you probably and Roy, you probably welcome competition, right? Absolutely, yeah. Because it sharpens the saw. You, you get to show how how better you are. Well, you know, well, listen, it does happen. There are companies that ask me that. They're like, "Why are you doing stuff with these guys all the time?" And I was like, "Because I like those guys. Actually, I love those guys." You know, when it comes to yeah. Roy and Josh and 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 Ryan, these are really cool guys who I'm I'm convinced of that are not just. Do, like I, there's people in the industry I only hear from if it's Shot Show <laughs> or NRA or something like when that. When they want something. Oh yeah, or they're putting <laughs> out something. These are these are not those guys. I think like they genuinely mean it. They're not the same person. Like Ryan and Josh and Roy are all different people, and they're all awesome. Somehow they figure out how to. I can't. You need to give those guys raises, Pete. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give those guys. Give, give those guys more money. <laughs> um, but how, so how does this work inside of Brownells, if you could tell us? I don't know whether you can or not, because as a marketing guy, that's what your degree is in. And I think I saw you say you were the first marketing guy for Brownells. Is that right? 
Yeah, my yeah, my dad was uh, my my grandfather was a me- basically a mechanic and a writer, mm-hmm. and uh, my dad was uh, um, lawyer slash doctor. Um, didn't like that when it came into writing himself, a journalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the first um, degreed right and schooled uh, mm-hmm. marketer. Mm-hmm. So, how does the marketing work? Right? Is that the kind of the question? Well, yeah. So, where I was going with it is how does it work? Because I think you have a traditional marketing uh, wing or department or whatever we want to call it at Brownells. But BOP and what what these what those guys are doing is kind of like I always I don't know. I don't know whether what you think about this, but I always call it the guerrilla marketing team. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So right. how did that? Well, you know, how does that work and function within? So social, the, the social front. The um, we do have a traditional marketing function, which is send out a catalog, send out emails, use the the four P's of marketing: pricing and promotion, and your product and your placement, all that stuff. It's traditional theory. But uh, we kind of put that as the um, as we started to develop our digital strategies, websites, um, and social integration into what we do. We this, the social part is almost eclipsing the traditional marketing as far as brand inf- reinforcement, brand identity. Uh, if you if you're in brand awareness, mm-hmm. you guys are talking about it quite a bit. And we go from a, a, a cent- this idea of we need to be in control of everything to letting go of control and let the social zeitgeist define who we are mm-hmm. and give us feedback. Mm-hmm. I can tell you the, uh, that's why we bought AR-15 was to, to help grow that voice and it gives us incredible feedback. Not just us, but everybody who, who want, believes that that their brand is a reflection of what their customers are saying. Um, mm-hmm. When they when we get partners like that, the brand just like, this grows because it's your brand now as well. So mm-hmm. we're letting go of it, right? And you get to define it. And if we do a good job, we like the outcome. If we yeah. don't do a good job, you'll let us know. Mm-hmm. So this team of inside marketers are uh, really engaged in building better relationships mm-hmm. and. We think through relationships, since this is a passion industry, you sell person to person, uh, you're engaging a passion. Mm-hmm. We want to we ignite that and encourage that. And that only happens when when you guys can say, I, you know, I know Pete, I know Josh, I know Ryan, I know Chad, our CEO, mm-hmm. I know John, because we're out there building relationships. Mm-hmm. And with that comes trust. And we are we try to be a reflection of what we believed in, and we hope that resonates well. And if not, well, I can tell you we get we get uh, good feedback. It's not all it's not all what you would consider rosy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it helps us sharpen the saw a bit. Yeah, and become better. Yeah, I think it uh, I think it helps to not be afraid of of like you know or micromanage every little thing. Were you going to say something, Walt? No, I'm just listening. I'm I'm absorbing. Yes. <laughs> Absorbing. Yeah. Yeah. Let me um, let me get a couple of things in here. So Lola, just on that subject, I believe Lola says uh, that's very unique of Brownells. The interactions with not just gun folks, but folks in other fields uh, with similar love for the 2A, for example, Valentina, uh, Bullet Valentina, Big Mo, Yeti, you know, who's like a Jeep guy, Big Mo. We've had him on. He's a barbecue 
barbecue guys. So there's lots of different people. And this becomes more of a lifestyle like that. Right. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. If we kept our market just on hardcore gunsmiths, we'd be yeah. a much smaller organization. Mm-hmm. So we want, if we can broaden that, our, our reach, we can help feed that gunsmith, our core customer, and we can help feed the, the industry uh, by encouraging people to get out there, go to training, um, make make those firearms as personal as possible, and here's how you do it. And uh, we use people that are in markets that are good supporters. Yeti, every off-road person has a backup firearm somewhere that I know mm-hmm. that's really off-road, that, that Yeti and YOLO live. Yep. Big Mo, great, great, great guy. Yeah, good uh, dude. Yeah, who's, yeah, so we try to work with people that have a, a good independent streak in them that have a, a voice that can be a, a kind of a beacon of truth out there in, in their world as you guys are and and help whatever we can do to help your boat float higher how do we be the tide for you guys for yeti or the, the ones that are being talked about so mm-hmm. yeah uh, dcg that's how we, Okay, very good. I agree with that. DCG44 says, Roy and Josh, I'm getting, I'm getting this one in because it's about my buddies. He says, Roy and Josh would be good people if they sold encyclopedias. It's who they are, not what they do. I agree with that. They are they are good guys. Um, each hey, uniquely in their own way. Uh-huh. Go ahead. So next time you get Roy on, try to throw any question, <laughs> any question at him. He can answer it, and it'll be pretty darn close to right, if not yeah. absolutely. Right. Oh, oh yeah, trust place. me, I do this with Roy, uh, I, uh, with uh, Ryan. I do it. Are we talking about Roy or Ryan? Roy. Roy, Roy yeah, Roy. Oh, yeah, absolutely, Roy, yeah. Roy is, is like an encyclopedia, yeah. He is a walk-in encyclopedia. He's a history professor. Uh, and also so, his twin evil brother, Wolf, was it's Wolf uh, Howitzer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so let me, let me ask a serious question. Yeah. So in the, in mm. the inception of the BOP, right. was there resistance internally? Mm. No. Did people say this isn't going to work? You're going to no. scare people off or anything like that? No. no. Any conflicts with, uh, you know? There's some like, general. So one of the major conflicts we had was about 20 years ago, and it was um, a website won't work. This new, this new <laughs> online stuff. What the hell are you wow. doing a website for? Yeah, yeah. So that Can was believe that, was that? Old school, new school. I'm, and you know, so I had, I had that wind at my back, and I was right. like, see, I, you know, I don't want to say this, but I have never sold this to my father, but the website's working out pretty good. Uh-oh. So with that learning <laughs> moment, um, I don't push back at all mm-hmm. on new ideas. I, I came in as a thirty-year-old. The 30-year-olds coming into Brownells have energy. They've got ideas. Um, I'm realizing at 50-plus that uh, it, my ideas are are dated. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, um, you got principles there, but they, you know, they call the values. Those values yeah. haven't changed. But yeah. how you do it? Like, yeah. What you have to do is be able to listen to the young, the young blood coming yeah. into the system. And if you have that mindset, I think that works, right? There's always there's new younger people coming in to work at Brownells, or that you guys are getting out there and dealing with, and it's just being yeah. able to to listen to people. Uh, go ahead, Walt. I think you wanted to get something. No. In here. well, yeah, it, it made me think about um, the companies that haven't made it, like Sears and J.C. Penney's, and mm-hmm. all these big retailers didn't embrace 
the internet when they should have embraced the internet. Yeah. yeah. And and maybe paired up with blockbuster. Or, or well, or, <laughs> or paired up with the, the giants that were coming on right. and get their products mm-hmm. and get their name out and these other things and now they're all gone. Yeah. And it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad like Sears. I mean, Sears was the internet of yeah. of of the beginning with their catalogs. I mean, that was the internet at one yeah. time. Yeah. That's right. You know, yeah. you you know the what? They, they're not the gone. Wish- they're not gone. The companies might be or might be on the brink of that, but it evolved into something else. That's what happened and they just didn't hear. So we were talking about Amazon when Amazon first came in, everyone was like, "What's this guy doing?" Right. He's selling books. Yeah, who wants books He's over the books. internet? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah. well that's, that's what I'm saying. So then you realize, well, I need to bring other stuff in here. Mm-hmm. I need to bring consumables and all that stuff that everybody uses every day. Mm-hmm. And and you know what do you do when you want something? You get on the internet and you type in eBay or Amazon or if you're looking for gun stuff, you you type in the the guys that are on the internet would sell gun parts, and you get what you want most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, normal yeah. times you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, you know the the mom and pop. I mean, the idea of having a I mean, there are still a gun shops, obviously. Some people want to touch things before they buy it, and I get that. Um, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's really put a – even those guys need to get on the – so to get on the train and, and embrace the Internet. And, you know, nothing else has spread their own um, gospel. You know, it's just hard to convince some people. You know, they're, so, they're so set in their ways that, yeah. There, there's a couple of things that retail stores – well, by law, we have to have a retail – a retail store to make that transaction of the core product, the firearm. So the retail stores will always be there, mm-hmm. and, and God bless them all. They have the best chance to build the the culture, the local culture for firearms. They have the best chance for the relationship building. They have the best chance to engage new new gun owners or anybody who wants protection or competition and, and to build that local community. Communities are still face-to-face, even though when we can now do it through the internet, mm-hmm. it's still face to face, and those retail stores have the best opportunity to do that. And so, so you have to change a little bit of what you're doing. You're not just selling widgets, because I could sell that with same widget. What I cannot do is encourage that person how to use it, um, how to do it. Uh, I cannot encourage that person through persuasion or opportunity to go out to the range or come on a hunt with me. Retail stores have to change that what they think they're doing. They're creating community and, and building relationships. Right. And when that happens, man, you skyrocket. So have a coffee with people. Go out yeah. and, and those types of plays, those types of things. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Let me uh, let me do this here because I think we're, we're making a good transition of something I want to talk about. We have over 100 people watching us live. Thanks so much to all the folks out there. I'm going to uh, ask you to smash the thumbs ups, okay? Just do that for us. It would be awesome if we get to 100 thumbs ups here tonight. That would be great. So just please do that. Um, so let me let me, let me me ask this because thinking about the future, and I agree with what you're saying, I think um, if we look at this like shoe stores, right, or sneaker stores, people used yeah. to go there because that was the only place that you would get the latest sneakers and stuff like that. Um, now, even with sneakers, if someone knows their size, my I see my kids doing it. Once they know, I buy them they, online. They get they get them online. So it doesn't mean that sneaker stores all have to go away. It's that you have to change what that is. You have to make it a destination for a reason, a reason for the kids to come there and hang out and find out or learn or meet people that they might not meet 
you know, otherwise. And so you've got to try to make like a community thing there in, in, in order to really do this with people now. Give people a reason to come there and hang out and do something. And then and when they get connected to that place, they'll start shopping there and buying things from you just because they're connected to you now. Do you, do you I mean, agree with that? I, I do. And I'll give you examples of where that's been incredibly successful where sneakers, sneaker shores um, have moved from, I've got inventory in the back that I can give you today. Mm-hmm. They've taken out their, a lot of their inventory and now they'll do gate analysis, which is where's you, where do you hit? Does this shoe fit? And then also they'll have events. Mm-hmm. Let's do, let's go do a, a 5k training mm-hmm. or let's go do what they call a dash run. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're taking and they're adding the environment that, that how, where are you going to use your sneakers and yeah. we're going to be the captain of that ship. Yeah, like mini camps. This is how you do this thing. This is how yes. you do that thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that takes. So, I mean, but that does take a lot of work. That's it does not. It, you know, it one does. guy in a sneaker store can't you know run the store and and be out. It, it takes yeah. a crew to do that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it does take a crew. It does. Right. But you know what the beautiful thing is, Walt? If you think about this in today's world, even if look, we're not even applying this to guns right now, in the in the sneaker game, there's influencers. Right? right now, obviously, we've got a lot of people trying to like everyone wants to be an influencer. I understand that. I actually welcome that. But the thing is, is that you have influencers out there that you can work with. So if you're if you're a guy, let's say, in Gainesville, Florida, where I'm at, and, and you know that there's a, a, a guy in the sneaker world not far from you that's into that, you can start working with that guy instead of you having to do the work. You work with that guy. That's kind of like what you did, Walt, working with me. Right. Uh, if you think yeah, about but, it, that's yeah, kind yeah. of that's <laughs> kind of like what happened here. And I think that there's 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 always opportunities, you know, where one thing goes away, another thing pops up. It's the crazy thing about uh, the universe and nature. Yeah, here's some here's some examples in our industry. Yeah. Um, good buddy of mine, um, uh, small shop, one one person shop, possibly two, two when he when he can deal with employees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> does a he'll do a AR-15 build for his buddies. He'll mm-hmm. come in and he'll sort of show them how to do an AR-15 build. And in that process, he's building a rapport with them on where to go shoot and where to go hunt. And just that local knowledge itself, mm-hmm. most people don't realize how much information they have that's shareable with somebody who's just coming into the trade. We've been doing it. I've been making ARs for a long time. I think it's simple. But for the first time, when someone does it for the so first simple. time, I mean that spring goes like, like, yeah, changing the the tubes. I mean, my God, it's, it's magic. Like, so it is magic. Well, you know, I like that because I, you buy more springs. But, yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, that's well, true. My, my experience. That yeah, my experience too is sometimes even the most experienced builders. Still put things together wrong. <laughs> and, oh, backwards. Backwards. Yeah, that happened. Of course. Oh, of yeah, course. backwards. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, if, yes. Well, I can't figure out. I, I don't. I don't know why your upper doesn't work. And it's like, uh, well, it worked when it left here. Did you put that ham? Did you put? Did you take out that uh, uh, the, the disconnector on the trigger because you don't need it on a bolt action? Uh, yeah. I was supposed to do that. that kind of, yeah, that's what the instructions that. said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Actually, that happened. We know somebody that happened to, don't we, Hank? What? 
that uh, they took. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, yes, we do. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, listen, what, well, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. But I do mess up all the time. I think the thing is, is like especially so even the even the seasoned. Let's say the seasoned gun guy who believes he doesn't need to read the instructions from the oh, manufacturer oh, yeah. of something he never. <laughs> you might want if you never had one of these before. You might want to read the instructions. You know. Yeah. Well, we had uh, to we do, all do we that. had to do that on <laughs> we had to do that on that uh, high tower armory uh, conversion. Yeah. For the ten twenty two, I think yeah. we actually had to read yeah. instructions. So first yeah. of all, dudes don't like reading instructions. Any <laughs> pictures. Yeah. Got to be yeah. This is why the internet. This is why the internet. I, I, if, I tell you what, man. If I don't, if I can't, whether it's a gun or a chainsaw mm-hmm. or whatever I'm working on, if I can't figure it out or I got a little question, I'll go, I'll go uh, Google that thing, you know. And next thing you know, I've got, I've got a, and and it's surprising how many people don't use that resource. Yeah, I see Pete and, is uh, checking out a, a comment there. Yeah. Um, which one are you checking out? We'll. By the way, uh, shout out to. Uh, I see Kevin Dixie out there, the real NOC. Shout out to him. He's in. He's out there. Yeah. Um, what's the comment you're you're? It was DCG forty fours. You know, even brick and mortar mom and pop shops can adapt new things like websites, social media, etc., to help yeah. them survive. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, you're nothing, spot on. Nothing else. Nothing else simply hours your operation and what you've got going on. Maybe <laughs> even inventory on stuff. Simple stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just yeah. telling people the story of who you are. That's so oh, I, I yeah. like some people underestimate that, you know? Or sharing a video, if you're a bakery, just sharing a video of you making something. I'm gonna look at that video and then I'm not gonna make it, but I'm gonna go I think I'm gonna stop over there. Right. <laughs> and get one of those donuts, maybe two or ten or twenty. Yeah. But you know, I mean this is this, like things, you know. This is just the old order going away and the new order coming in. And there's a way for us uh, all to participate in that and not necessarily lose if we want to, if we want to. Right. Um, right. There's there's something to be said about good partnerships, too. Uh, You know, one person Mm -hmm. shops are pretty tough. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always I've always had a good partner in the business was my dad. Mm -hmm. And right now we've got some really good ones. Chad, the guy that kind of runs the show mm-hmm. there at Brownells now, Chad Martin, mm-hmm. does a good job. The social team does a good job. The ops team does a good job. Yeah, I mean, Paul, some and um, I'm trying to remember the guy who thinks yeah, he has Paul, better hair than me. I refuse to remember. No, I know who that. Yeah. <laughs> is it Barron? Um, his, yeah. I know his uh, social media is Barron uh, something. Oh, I don't know his social handle. Yeah. Well, so one of the things we try to do is we take people that are inside our business mm-hmm. and and give them a voice as well. Let them mm-hmm. let their uniqueness show through. Mm-hmm. So these are good partners, and again, trying to help them create their own their own personal brand. Josh, mm-hmm. Josh was the, one of the very first people at, at the shot show that had visible tattoos mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. when we brought him, and it was mm-hmm. this group going, "Why do you got this tattoo?" Who's this guy? guy, yeah, yeah, tattoos so and piercings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah. don't you go talk to him a bit? Yeah. And now, uh, now it's harder to turn around and uh, not yeah. see someone with a nice big beard and yeah. bald head. And some, Absolutely. Some yeah. So we encourage people to be unique. We encourage you to be unique out there as a gun shop or a gun person. Find a partner that can help you. You're not going to be great at everything except that early. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's 
Hank, you're the you're the front stage, and Lolo makes things work. It's yeah. a partnership. Right. Exactly. This is this is how we do it. We all do it. Like my what Walter and I are doing is a partnership. We have lots of people. The folks who are here listening, it's a partnership. I see some of those guys out there. We were just talking about Kevin Dixie. He comes on here. He helps us out. You know, spices it up. Same thing with Marsh. <laughs> we, have Marsh. we have lots of different people, by the way. We really try to do that. So I don't want to get away from this. There are comments. I'm going to get to everyone's comments here. Uh, the, so we're kind of in the realm of the future of the business. What do you see, you know, if you can, if you can give us some of that, where do you see the future of this going? I know you guys recently acquired, uh, well, I don't know, recently. What was that, a year and a half, Walt? Uh, a year a- and a half ago. Yeah, AR15.com. What's, you know, what's the future here? Um, we've started to, so AR15.com will make sense in this, in this story here. We started building the retro rifle based exclusively on the feedback we were getting from AR-15 before we bought it, before okay. we started to, to back the uh, Avias over there. Uh, so it became a, again, what's needed in the marketplace, AR-15 is kind of where our core customer lives. So it's customer-driven products mm-hmm. versus I know what the customer wants and I'm going to shove it down their throat, <laughs> down the channel, mm-hmm. right? It's customer-driven products. AR-15 makes great sense because that's a great pool of, of uh, hardcore gunsmiths and gun, gun people who drive what we develop. Mm-hmm. So the future's gonna be, and that's what, that's what got the, uh, the um, retro rifles going. So, mm-hmm. and so the retro rifle model is direct response from, and I mean, not just an idea, prints, uh, testing, uh, original products so we could uh, back engineer it, that type of stuff uh, for the all the whole retro line. Mm-hmm. So the, the future is going to be because it, it's here right now for us, where the community divide helps develop a product. Okay. The closer you are to the customer, the quicker you can respond. Uh, the better you're going to do as a company. So you're going to see a lot more for us at least. You're going to see a lot more products out coming out right now. The BRN 180s saw a comment we're going to get those in a couple weeks to have them all in stock again mm-hmm. um yeah the gen the gen 2 of the 180s the gen 2s yep right mm-hmm. so those are those are that's how we're going to develop products we're also having partners out there who are really good at, at manufacturing mm-hmm. at aero precision mm-hmm. great manufacturer out there they're a good partner on mm-hmm. on uh, a lot of these products we make so mm-hmm. the future is going to be driven by comments from the from you guys from the customers okay we have optics out there now again give me an optic that does these things so we work with the, our resources open the doors up and say okay guys who's who's got the best tube and glass and reticles and features so you guys are driving the uh the the product development okay. great thing we're opening that up to our manufacturers as well to say hey guys Let's let's get some direct feedback from you guys. Again, using social, mm-hmm. using uh, the customer's voice. Mm-hmm. It should be done all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's usually in a real controlled environment that's based. I don't know. They tradi- the traditional way is we're going to get a focus group together, handpick people, or we're going to vote yes on my idea. Mm-hmm. So I win <laughs> in the public world in my. World, no. we're gonna develop. Well, that's, that's I know. Yeah, that's how a lot of people do it, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I take it like by by getting into AR15, that's kind of like getting in touch with the zeitgeist, 
It's almost like, yeah. so YouTube's pretty big. If you could actually get data from YouTube on what gun people were looking, you know, what kind of stuff do they want, what are they looking at a lot, you know, if you could do that, which you probably cannot. So AR-15, of course, is a good source for you guys to kind of like yes. put your fingertips on that information. That's what you're saying? Right. Okay. Right. right. And, you know, um, we want to make sure that it, that it's reflective of what the whole community talks about, um, not one individual or individuals may. We, we want to make sure that it's respectfully done in this world of privacy. Mm -hmm. So it's it's that's a big movement that we're working for. Hopefully that flattens the curve, speeds up the mm -hmm. way that new products come to market. Um, we share that with the manufacturers like a, a Ruger or a Remington, a Glock. On here's mm -hmm. what the features customers really want, and here's the data where they say it. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, we'll, we'll come a lot quicker to the marketplace with new products, not just for us or through us, but for the whole industry. Things that we really want and okay. good feedback, so it comes back, uh, comes back to things that we really, we really need as an industry. Yeah. So that's a big thing. Um, I think mass customization, one of the things I, I think out there that we need to do a better job as an industry, how do we help, I mean, my kids play this uh, Fortnite thing, right? Okay. You can get all kinds of different skins and all kinds of different things out there. Mm -hmm. How do we bring that to the real world so you can take that firearm to the range? Traditionally, you had to order 6,000 to 10,000 firearms and you have one pattern. Well, that's not unique. Mm -hmm. How do we bring uniqueness to the marketplace mm. in, in mass? Mm -hmm. And I think we need to, as an industry, we need to work on that. Okay. Um, as a gun shop owner, as you're making a gun, how do we help you make better connections with those people that have an expertise? They've already got their dip tanks. They've already got, maybe you're not a great designer. How do you do a, someone tie someone with a great design so it all kind of comes together in a fluid way? To provide a great, great product for a customer. I think mass customization is going to be a big thing okay. uh, right now. Um, okay, very interesting. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Walt. You got some thoughts here? No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to process mass customization. Customization. So, um, in other so words, like customization, but getting more specific to things, but not necessarily wasting time building a bunch of stuff people don't want. Is that? That's a part of it. Okay. It's also you build your AR-15, your core good AR-15, mm -hmm. and right now um, a gunsmith will um, buy the lower, the upper, the, the right specs. But I want a different color because mm -hmm. okay. you'll make that. You can make that same gun for my buddy. I want a different color. So we traditionally do that by the paints. Yeah. But I want a print. I want a specific print, or I want a specific etching on mine, okay. or I want my name on it, or I want. How do you do well, that in mass? So by network, so you're saying by networking a company, so if you know this company's close to the guy, you can bring that gun to one stage, send it off to this guy that's not far from him, and that guy brings it the rest of the way kind of a thing? Kind of thing, kind of like that. Hmm. Yeah, that's done today, okay. but it's it's a bit clunky, and there's some rules around it. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's part of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's but, a lot of rules. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. they, you, they, when I say they, ATF doesn't want everybody handling everything and making money, you know, like no. it used to be. You paint a gun, no big deal. Paint a gun, so what? Well, now you yeah. have to, be, you have to, be, you have to be. That's like manufacturing to the paint a gun. It, yeah. It's like, huh? What? Yeah. So we well, need to work through streamlining the rules mm -hmm. and streamlining yeah. the process. But the the more important thing is the customer. How do they do that at, on an internet interface? Mm -hmm. So 
how do you offer yourself up as a producer of product or things mm -hmm. and allow that if I want a gun that looks like that uh, Fortnite, whatever skin, mm -hmm. I want that. Mm -hmm. How do I get that? Yeah. So we want to have an interface that does that. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm hearing is, like kind of like a social network or a network yeah. at least where you can put people together. And that kind of leads into something that I've wanted to ask someone in your position in the industry. Um, with everything going on in social media, right? It's really tough for all of us, the industry folks, the content creators, the people out there who are just people and they're posting things and they're getting fact checked and shadow banned, blocked, kicked off, deplatformed, yeah. all of this stuff. Are you, are you thinking about somehow um, getting, I don't know whether like buying into it or somehow working on your own uh, social media thing or making an ecosystem that we can all live in? Yeah, so that's, a, that's another big rise all boats, be a tide, AR-15 is internally, and, it, and, it's, and it's out there a little bit, uh, we want to make that a freedom network, okay. free speech. Now that has, um, that attracts good and bad mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, I wish that social media would, would be, have respectful comments in there, but you know, you can't ban, you know, I'm fighting for free speech is fighting for the, the, the speech that's least tasteful to you mm -hmm. as long as it's, yeah. So, uh, there is a network, um, that how do you make sure that the servers, the server farm, all the stuff is hosted on says, all right, we're going to host things that are only anti-gun and we're going to shut you down. So mm -hmm. AWS is a big one out mm -hmm. there with Amazon. Mm -hmm. They may, they may have a decision say, all right, no more gun transactions. Mm -hmm. You gotta have your own servers, yeah, and your own networks and all that stuff. So we're working on how do you, how do you do that? It won't be as big as an Amazon mm -hmm. or as a Facebook, but it does provide a, a landing ground for people, and hopefully we can monetize it like it used to be in the good old days, um, purely based on well, it'd be ad revenue as well. Mm -hmm. So we have a, a way to create a network or a community that where we feel like we don't have to not kind of you know we kind of whispered that we're selling guns or we're showing guns mm -hmm. stuff like that yeah um it, it needs to it needs to develop and i i think that we talk about the future there's a lot of talk right now about uh these big oligarchs that are running and controlling the culture uh statements and what's being talked about shutting people off i know they struggle with that when you ask them and they dive into it like a Facebook and a Google and all those all those players, advertising models, they really can't, uh, in my mind, justify shutting people down. We've been shut down. You've been shut down. Mm -hmm. They can't justify it, um, and you can't guarantee. There's no guarantee we're going to stay up. So we just want consistency, and we're not finding it in those groups. So we need to provide that environment. Okay, so I'm going to. And that's what we're looking to to, to grow into. That. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of good ones out there too. So yeah, I, I think that that's that's a really important part of this equation. I don't know if you guys are thinking about like acquisitions in the space or whatever, or we you are. know, um, yeah. in terms of of social media, because AR fifteen I think is a is a very early form. <laughs> 
of, is. of that sort of social media thing. Yeah. And I think there's other things out there and, and there's been platforms, right? There's a lot of platforms out there in the industry. There's Full 30, um, there's Gunstreamer, right. there's YouTube, there's other things. But um, I think the biggest problem these guys have is one support from the industry to uh, like the eyeballs from the community. And then three, they have to figure out how to somehow uh, make it a two-way street for folks like myself that are content creators, right? But the, tr- right. the truth of it is, going back to those numbers you were talking about, and numbers are really important here. I can tell they're important for you guys. Um, you know, if there's about 175 million people at the base of that pyramid going up to like 5 million diehard guys, there's definitely an ecosystem there. That can benefit a lot yeah, of people, but, you know, even though like YouTube and all of that's never going to go away, probably. Right. Don't, re- don't forget, a lot of these new gun owners are not necessarily on our side. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. They're mm-hmm. buying guns because they feel threatened. Mm-hmm. They're not buying right. guns because they want to be a two Second Amendment patriot mm-hmm. or they want to go out. That's and true. Do it. They feel they're scared. Mm-hmm. OK, so the natural thing is, okay, if I'm scared, I'm going to go buy something that's going to make me not be scared, as scared. Mm-hmm. Now, do they believe in the same things that maybe we believe in? Uh, not always. Yeah. I guarantee if you ask them, maybe maybe half do, maybe a quarter do, mm-hmm. but the rest are just kind of out there. Yeah. So to me, that's where you got to get to those folks somehow mm-hmm. without scaring them off. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will scare them off if yeah. you're too aggressive because if you start talking about one subject they don't like, yeah. they'll go run in the corner and hide. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's a hard, it's, it's a, a slow, hard sell. It's, to, yeah, it's a slow, it's a slow game. It's not like this quick game where you can somehow just inundate someone <laughs> with stuff. Like, no, it's not a, you know, it's a magazine, not a clip, and this thing, and you're just smacking them upside the head, and they're like, okay, well, I had enough of this. Well, even even if you start barking the Second Amendment, and you start barking this at them and barking this stuff at them, they're gonna go, who the hell are you? You know, I'm, I didn't right. get this because I was, you know, mm-hmm. and and you'll and forever after when they hear Second Amendment, they'll go, I remember that guy that was trying to push me into this group or telling me I was, mm-hmm. you know, you need to be a patriot and bang your chest and, you know, do all this yeah. stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. I think a big important part of it is keeping that like there's a, you know, first of all, guns. None of us here is just all into guns. Right. You know, I mean, so we're, right. we're probably a, it's a big part of my life. Massive part of your life, Pete, generationally. Walter, I think it's the same way. But we we do other things. We like other stuff. Oh, so I have other interests, yeah. Yeah, there has to be a kind of balance and a soft sell instead of, no, we're trying to convert you over to this and change your whole life and make you, like, give up your friends <laughs> and not talk to your family members anymore. Right. <laughs> you know, we have to figure out how to do that. But here's the thing that's happening. You know... I'm going to try to stay on YouTube and Facebook and all of these places as long as I can. What that means is more and more I have to keep breaking down what I do because they won't accept it. So eventually if I just stay on Facebook and YouTube and all the other social medias, I'll be pretty neutered in in a few years, if that much, right? I'll be pretty neutered and it will be senseless to not have somewhere that I can at least when people like, you know what, I really like this guy. If there's some some deeper thing that I could get to, where can I go to see that? And it needs to be a solid place that I can stop 
like worrying about as much where, you know, every three months, six months, this is changing, that's changing, this thing's going away. This is, you know, we just, we need some kind of stability there where we can maybe almost funnel off people slowly to go over here. Or one of these days we're going to turn around actually and they'll just go, that's it, we're done with all of this. No gun stuff, no matter who it's coming from. That's the big worry, Hank. And, and uh, that's, yeah, uh, AR-15 is a forum platform, mm -hmm. but there is the video that we're doing now platform. There is uh, instant messaging. There's a lot of services that wrap around that. The thing that many of the, the thing that's needed, there's some good technology out there. Mm -hmm. And you need two things. You need a lot of eyeballs and good technology. There's mm -hmm. a lot of technology that they don't have the support. The, the financial support, the ad support, because mm -hmm. there's not eyeballs there yet. Mm -hmm. And and getting eyeballs, it took it took the Juan and Ed, gosh, 20 years to get to where they are. Yeah, we don't have 20 years. No, I, I think AR-15 is a good thing, just because they have the those built-in backlinks, right? They've been doing this for a yeah. long time, and they've got those deep roots. You know. Yeah. Um, now, now we need to now we need to patch it together, right? So yeah, acquisitions yeah. are part of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other future stuff. Uh, in this industry, well, not to get politics, but there's a very critical aspect. It's uh, there's a huge difference between the two candidates right now, mm -hmm. between New Biden and and <laughs> um, Trump, the administration, who's right. who's has a colored two way uh, action, mm -hmm. but he's not as he's not as bad as Biden, by right. any stretch. Biden's probably the most horrible two-way policy right now. Right. And uh, become be aware of it. So one of the concerns we've got in the future is people don't think that, well, it's, it's sloppy Joe over there. He's going to, he doesn't have a chance. Let me tell you, he has a chance. Mm -hmm. He has a chance. We should understand what the differences are between the, the two policies. Mm -hmm. um, the math is, right now, the math the math's up in the air, and that's the, the uh, electoral map. The math's up in the air. The yeah, within the margin of error, which means it could be a could be a full sweep mm -hmm. on the on the D, which means um, Biden, mm -hmm. um, Pelosi, and whoever comes in in the House or in the the Senate. So this could be a like the first two years where we got uh, um, the health care program. We've got their focus is going to be on. Um, Rolling back taxes or rolling back all the tax breaks mm -hmm. and fires. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a big push. Yeah. And they're not going to necessarily be like the other side that hemmed and hawed when it came to Second Amendment stuff when they had a supermajority. Democrats don't play that game. They're going to go no, in there and crush the buildings <laughs> and, and do as much but as they, they did, possibly they didn't, hmm? When they were in control completely, they didn't crush the buildings. Um. They were in control for a while completely. When they did Obamacare, they were running the show. They did not crush the building. They could have, but they didn't. I would agree. With, I think I think that's true. They and the did same it. people were there. Well, yeah. why didn't they? Why didn't they? What do you? What's the well, reason? They, they still didn't? they still they still feared the repercussions. Okay. They don't fear the repercussions now. Yeah, I think that's the difference. They, it, it's just like the it's like the it's like the people out in the street, right? Mm -hmm. They don't fear getting locked up for no. 20 years because they haven't been getting locked up. Well, they won't be. So they're, it, well, they will be eventually. They will trust me, mm -hmm. but cause it can't go on like this. Eventually mm -hmm. or they'll get shot one or the other, mm -hmm. but 
you, you, if you don't have any fear of, of, of like everybody's out and open, they're all socialists now. They never used to say that crap ever. They're kind of socialists. I'm for this. I'm for raising taxes. When did the Democrats come out and go, let's raise the taxes? It's like, what the f- are they for? Mind? Mm-hmm. Look what the economy will the economy will go like this. You think it's bad now? Raise the taxes. <laughs> Watch what happens. Mm-hmm. It's going to go into yes. a worse than Obama stagnation. Mm-hmm. It'll go and the, and the gun business will be so nuts. You won't be. You think it's busy now? It's yeah. busy nothing compared to yeah. if that happens. You remember after Newtown? I mean, this is yeah, busy now, but after Newtown, our yeah, uh, you know, it just. I, they had control before. They didn't do it. We had control. We didn't do anything. Yeah. So I but, don't. But I, now I, it's a little different. What do you think about that, Pete? Do you agree with uh, with what Walter's saying here? Do you think that now it's different and 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 you know this is not just some bluster to get elected? That these guys really mean the, the difference. I could tell is that before when when if someone's if we said to folks out there, listen, they're coming for your guns. People say, oh, we're not coming for anyone's. Gun. No one's coming for your guns. Now they're like, yeah, we're coming for those guns. By the way, I mean, this is this is well, Biden's this is Biden's plan. If you read, it's like there. You can go read it. They're loud and proud now. Yeah. they don't care right. what they say. They think that's what I think or you think. Yeah, but I don't think that's what Americans think. They're not. We wouldn't be buying. We wouldn't have five million new gun owners if that's what America thought. Yeah. Hello. So it's interesting. There was a comment about what's so. The question is, Hank, what's changed? Mm-hmm. Between um, if one party has the, the trifecta, that they don't crush their initiative down the throats. It's the difference. If it's a slight majority, it's really hard to to crush a, a specific policy. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be a slight majority in the Senate. So they're not going to. So that's why they're talking. They're talk about let's get rid of the filibuster. So there needs to be 51 votes versus 60 <laughs> votes, right? Yeah. As soon as that happens, that that really what that does is it nullifies the Senate and it gives all the uh, because that was the speed bump for a you know just let's gut check this guys, and if we get 60 percent, it's good for America, which I think is probably fair because if, when the D's if it's a trifecta for the R's, you know, I, I'm not for that either. So I don't think I don't know. Frankly, it's an unknown. I've learned not to bet on politics. I wouldn't have thought Trump would have won. He was. We were Iowa. We get to see him all. I <laughs> thought he would come in seventeenth. I, I don't think. Uh, I don't think Trump thought he was going to win. <laughs> Here, here's what. Here's what I said before the election, Pete, and it came true. Mm-hmm. I said the guy that comes out and speaks what he's on, on his mind doesn't apologize every five minutes mm-hmm. for everything he says and doesn't care what anybody freaking thinks about him. He'll win. And guess what? Mm-hmm. That's what happened. And he had his own money. He had his own money too, which, without yeah. your own money, you can't do it. And it's I think like, I, I'm going to start you. I'm going to I'm going to start my own YouTube, but I don't have any money. Well, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I think also <laughs> I mean, people is, can see the Clintons from a mile away. I mean, people are not, you know, people Clintons. are not. So in other words, no one. Who's going to? Who really wanted uh, Hillary to be president? Thousands of people did. Hundreds of thousands of people did. It's the same people that support Joe Biden. Yeah, but they got they got they got blinders on they just walk around like this all day yeah ultimately that hate- didn't work out though you know well i don't think it's going to work out this time either so i think you're going to be surprised so, actually so yeah. one of the differences what's different this time um there's five million new gun owners the majority of them came from the urban areas which are traditionally 
democratic mm-hmm. in those areas. And I think going through the process of buying a gun and waking up to the fact that there's a lot of rules around it. And oh, I got to wait 10 days to get my gun. Right. I got to wait a week to get my gun. I, I'm, I right. feel threatened tonight. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Right. Well, I think I think what we're going to see is instead of people going, oh, yeah, I'm full. I'm going to lean all into the 2A. They're at least going to pause a little bit and say, wait a second. That rhetoric that you've been giving me all these years, <laughs> I'm not buying it. I experienced something much different than what you're telling. So I've got a wake up call in reality. And if there's enough of those people, and it's really from the NRA days, if there's a 3% movement in some of these districts, that's enough to, that's the margin of error that will push one candidate over the other. We're so tight on our elections of winning in most of these purple areas, which are the ones that are swing states, that voter turnout is the game. Mm-hmm. So if, if, and if these new gun owners, if it's security that's their issue, they may not go vote because they can't stomach someone who's going to take that security away. Mm-hmm. Or they may go vote and change it at certain levels of the ticket. So I think the, these new gun owners that have come in, they're not going to be a Hank Strange, not going to be Walter, not going to be Pete, but they could be someone to say, wait a second, I don't quite believe that rhetoric. Yeah, I'm not going to. I mean, they've been, they've been lied to for a long time. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I, I think you would be surprised. Them. Yeah, I think people would be surprised. There's a number of things going on. So, for example, this... COVID-19 shutdown, I know that it's like Dems lives out there feel like this is going to work to their advantage. I think a lot of people are really mad about that. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, because yeah. it's, it's a story. You're just not it's hearing from them. And when I, and I'm not talking about like the silent majority that a lot of us are, that we don't waste time answering polls and all that. I'm talking about the regular folks out there have had enough of this months ago. You know, regular people. So this is this that's a massive wild card that I think they think they believe that's in their favor, but people could see it, (laughs) you know, and I think that's what you're running into. And then on top of that, they didn't really offer anything new. I mean, there's nothing new in what they offered. They didn't come up with anyone younger or anything like that. There's just like, you know, what are you doing? So so go back to what you said, what you said, uh, Walt. Trump is still the, the maverick out there, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah he, he's a guy that don't care whether you like him or not, pretty you know, much. Um, Democrats have – they're a smart party. They, they're they a smart party. Mm-hmm. They win when they have a new energetic candidate. I just look at historically. Mm-hmm. When they don't bring that to the table, they, they don't win. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for progressive ideas and progressive candidates. I mean, Obama was, was definitely that, mm-hmm. and, and Clinton was that, and um, Carter was that. Kennedy was that. Yeah. I mean, you just go back and really had a good run mm-hmm. and done, done a good good thing for their for the Democratic planks. Yeah, I think the exciting Democrats didn't don't really want it. That's that's why we have Biden, and that's why the VP thing went a little weird. And then the person who we all knew was going to be the VP became the VP because ultimately the actual stars that you're talking about are out there. When they're looking at it, they're like, "No, nah, I don't want it. Not in this environment. No thanks." Yeah. Did, you, yeah. did, did you see what Hillary uh, Clinton said that Biden should stay, should not debate? Yes, Trump? I did see that. Yeah. So, 
Well, so that's just telling me that he's going to get shredded alive. Yeah. That's what she says. She's afraid of Trump skullduggery. <laughs> so Trump's a pirate. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well guys. Uh, that was her words. I can read it to you. Those were her words. If you don't believe me, let me see. We, You know, since we got Pete here, we're not really like bringing up the news or anything like that. But I did see this from uh, Hillary and I was like, this has got to be... Um, you know, oh, actually, no, it, was, it wasn't Hillary that said that. It was Pelosi. Here, I'll bring it up for oh, you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was Pelosi. Yeah, yes, Pelosi yeah. says... Um, yeah, the walking, the, walking, the walking corpse. Pelosi said, I don't think there should be any debates between Biden and Trump. She goes on, lists all her reasons and stuff like that. And then um, as we go down, uh, let's see, where is it? I'm looking for the skullduggery here. Um, uh there was a part here where she said that there's going to be skullduggery. And I was like, wow, this is uh, – I'm trying to find it here. I'll, I'll find it for you guys. But it's it's definitely in what she said, which is, to me, amazing. Um, I, I'm sitting at home one night, Pete, and here comes a Biden commercial about climate change. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, that's all they freaking got is climate change? I mean, that is such a wore out – uh, that's that's like Russia, their whole Russia narrative. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, climate. It's all you got. You got creepy Joe. Is is climate change? Mm-hmm. You, you know, know what's interesting, and I and I think that it it came through in one of these comments. I'll make this statement. When, and I'll say I'm I'm a professed independent. Mm-hmm. When we, unfortunately, when we say Democrats. Many people say, "Well, I'm a Democrat," <laughs> and and I don't believe everything that that head of the party believes in. Or no. Republicans, and we and we identify not wholeheartedly. We're not all 100% one demographic. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe a better way to say it is, uh, you know, that uh, the, the Biden policy or the the Trump policies, those things, because we're, we I think we said it before. We're not all just one monolithic block yeah. of thinking. And that's what makes us really strong. And hopefully we start to hear individual voices yeah. out there on both sides of the parties, yeah. on both sides of these these uh, affiliated lines or even this third independent voice out there to say, hey, look, who's the best person? What are the best policies that fit where I think America should go? And that's how we're voting mm-hmm. in this near future. Instead of just pulling the, I mean, shit, when I came back to, Iowa, we had a big lever called R and D. We get, we didn't. <laughs> the two-party system is what's getting us. I think a lot of gun guys, by the nature of, of who we are, we don't believe in big government and all that kind of stuff. We we don't. No. You know, we don't like politicians. <laughs> you know, I right. mean, it's just the nature of who we are, right? I think we all realize that there's Republicans who have totally uh, just forgotten about the Constitution, much less the Second Amendment. You know, yeah. so I, I feel like, yes, there, there are a lot of people like that. Let me bring this up real quick because I did I did say this. It's there. It says she explained she did not think the president of the United States had comported himself in a way that anybody should and has any association with truth, evidence, data and facts. And as a result, any debate with him would just be an exercise in skullduggery by Trump. Boom. Trump is getting skullduggery claims thrown at him now. Where is the definition of skullduggery? It doesn't have something to do with 
Skullduggery. Skullduggery. Skull okay, I could tell you what skullduggery is. It sounds like you're doing it. something to a skull of a dead person. That's the uh, that's, <laughs> et etymology probably goes back to that. But. Uh, so I'm not even going to touch that one. <laughs> uh, uh, but but uh, that's not what the definition... To me, when I hear skullduggery, I think about pirates. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, right. That's not bad words to me. You know? But uh, here it is. Here's the definition. Uh, I'll throw it up here on the screen for people. Uh, underhanded or unscrupulous behavior trickery. <laughs> um, and she is accusing him of that. Yeah, right? right. Yeah. Russia. Can I say Russia? Yeah. Russia? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we, we all know that. Let me get to some. We've got like eight minutes because we're burning through time here really fast. Hey, Pete, are there any, do you ever have a day when, like, I mean, do you have sometimes, I mean, you're, you're, I know your job is not like, Okay, well, I don't know which I don't know what you do on a daily basis, but do you ever go in and just go like uh, have a hard time focusing? <laughs> oh, well, that's every day, dude. There's so many. <laughs> I mean, I, I go. With Is he a like... dude? Is he a dude? I I go in with a clean slate, uh, thinking I'll, I'll at least be able to work on my special projects and hopefully mm -hmm. deliver something to the guys. Oh my gosh, it's just whiplashes back and forth, and mm -hmm. yeah, okay. it's great. Okay. Right well, I, I, fortunately, fortunately for yourself, you have a lot of people that are in charge of various things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but, um, but that's, yeah, I have to That's the secret. Yeah. 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 Uh, Pete, do you ever get distracted by your uh, mini bike obsession when you go into Brownells? <laughs> I'm just My asking. Hey, wait, 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 Walter's wait, 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 obsessed asking, with mini bikes. Instead of building guns, he's in there building mini bikes, and he's asking you this question because he's guilty of it. <laughs> They were asking in the chat about the guitars in the background. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, that's yeah. true. Do you yep. play? I do. I'm trying. I'm trying to play. So what do I okay. play? I like blues and uh, kind of like um, uh, Richard Thompson. Everybody knows the old uh, Fairport Convention. Really great guitars. Leo Kaki, those kind of players that know how to pick well. Okay. Um, but blues is it, man. That's that's kind of why. And my kids play too. So. Are you taking like formal lessons? Are you doing it over the internet? You got a DVD set? What are you? Oh, internet and formal. Okay, cool. That's right. good. I, I'm at the I'm at the really bad stage right now. Okay, how often <laughs> are you playing? Like once a day or? Yeah, one, about every other day. Okay. All right. Yeah, like tonight, sunsets will be out there practicing. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. that's how you got to do it. You know, now, they were also asking in the chat about when do you think the shortages are going to end? Yeah, so ammo. You know? John Parsons was asking about ammo company deliveries. I'll, we'll try to get that in there. And smash the thumbs ups, by the way. Don't let this show end and we're, we're not at 100 thumbs ups, okay? We're, like, we need literally 16 more thumbs ups to get there. So come on, people. Smash the thumbs ups. Okay, so yes, answer ammo. So let's, let's jump into ammo real quick. Um, I believe that we're going to have this, whatever happens in November, we're going to be through um, the, the reaction, I think, third quarter next year. So that's going to be a right around September. Let's figure out, that's the next point where my crystal ball becomes really cloudy. I think we're going to slide, uh, slide down and, and calm down. I think COVID hopefully will be over. Or at least November. the panic around it will be over. Either we'll have all caught it and lived through it, or the, or whatever, or there'll be some kind of solution, mm -hmm. and then all the political unrest that's that's going to come about will be uh, being addressed. Mm -hmm. One candidate, both candidates will have their way of addressing it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to slow down and free back up third quarter next year, 2020, uh, 2021. 
Yeah. Uh, Brian Quick says, can we give a thumbs up for all the people that work in the warehouse filling orders, <laughs> shipping and receiving? Those folks make it happen. That's true. That place is like uh, the post office. Well, no, not the post office. Wait. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. I retract my statement. <laughs> it's like UPS or FedEx over there. Here, I'll snap a photo of that. So you guys can... Uh yeah. I'll send it out and, tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> and also, also with the ammunition, you got to remember that the ammunition manufacturers. I was told when this, like when Newtown was going on, mm-hmm. they set quotas of how much of each thing they're making each year, and and figure that whole thing out. So for them just to automatically increase things, it doesn't a lot of times work in their schedules and plans and and stuff like that. So plus, yeah. plus a lot of them make stuff for the military too. So and you're not going to interrupt right. the military stuff. Yeah. So, right. By the uh, way, Guns, uh, Guns and Gear says Vista CEO said the same timeline. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That's uh, – yeah. and then yeah. Guns and Gear yeah. says Pete works in the warehouse as well. Yeah. I go up pick orders when they're when – they're, yeah. need a little break back there. Yeah. Can we tell some stories? So I don't have the picture evidence right here in front of me, but when I came over there – and uh, I don't know if you remember. You should remember this, Pete. I came there, and you guys didn't want to let me stay in the warehouse as long as I wanted to. <laughs> and, and people might think that was a joke, but that warehouse, you actually cannot do that. <laughs> it's a lot of scurrying around back there. So yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, if you look at the video of me trying to hide out from these guys in the warehouse, yes, we were having fun. <laughs> but no, you cannot stay. <laughs> Trust me, I tried. Um, so I remember, like, uh, so where you park, where your parking spot is, the employee of the month gets to park right next to you. Sure. Yeah, you yeah. don't know this. I have a picture somewhere. I actually parked in that spot right next. <laughs> and I took a All picture. Of- <laughs> huh? Oh, I, you know, I got a couple of guys in the industry. They'll uh, they'll come in uh, and I'll be out and they'll they'll give me snap photos of them with their feet up on my chair and, you know, go drink it from the peat cup that I got. Oh boy. You know, they're into the lounge. They're... Yeah. That was pretty cool. Was and then Lola was reminding me of SHOT Show. I, th- I want to say, two, was it two years ago? Um, SHOT Show two years ago at media day, there was this uh, dude that came up to me. And by the way, a lot of my, a lot of my fans, are, uh, you know, first of all, listen, I've got black fans, white fans, there's a lot of white guys, uh, some very hairy ones, big beards, stuff like that. So a guy came up to me at media day and he was like, hey, Hank Strange, how you doing? And everything. So I'm talking to him. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> at media oh, day, every, with the beer. Yeah, everyone's not supposed to be at media day, but this guy's just talking to me and I'm like, and then he goes, I think he realized I didn't recognize who it is. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm Pete, Pete Brownell. <laughs> <laughs> that's how i met him too he had he had a growth on his face yeah he had a big, had a big beard for a bit big old bushy beard there so it was actually pretty cool you know uh pete got food from the food trucks and uh there was a bunch of guys uh there with us like mike from mw tactical i think clover tack was there and we all sat down in the tent um eating stuff and first they didn't know who that was either and then they're, they're like say do you know that's like uh, Pete Brown out there? Pete was just hanging out with us. You are really just a regular dude. Yeah. 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 As crazy as that may sound, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it was me, Pete, I'm coming to Media Day in my helicopter. <laughs> you get to roll in with your 
Yeah, some, my helicopter is landing, and I'm getting special <laughs> tents. Special <laughs> tents are coming out. My my chef is coming out and making me a special meal. The other people oh, only dear. get to look at me <laughs> eating my meal. No. <laughs> but that's good. Oh, I think that's a good thing. As you know, um, uh, you know that's a cool thing. I, I I know that sounds like pretty simple or whatever, but that to me is something that I think is cool because I've been doing this for a while and I've seen a lot of guys that like, I've been into offices where the guy has a, you know, he's got a waterfall in his office and golden stack, all kinds of crazy stuff, but his employees are, you know, (laughs) there's no air conditioning where those guys are. So, you know, I appreciate it when I see the opposite of that, where like the, the, that building you guys have there in Grinnell is awesome. There's a store. It's, it's like Ikea inside of there. There's lots of nice places for the employees to eat and rest and all of that kind of stuff. There's a high security and, you know, it's not, um, at least it doesn't seem like it's all about you. No, no. My, I get reminded uh, daily that um, I uh, put my pants on one leg at a time and I still need to do the dishes and put my shoes away. And, and <laughs> Wait, you uh, got to do the dishes? <laughs> I, yeah, I do. That's right. That's right. Don't tell, um, don't tell Lola about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is why you have kids. That's right. Make right. the kids do the dishes. No. Oh, my gosh. You know, yeah. yeah. My kids think they're no, too good to do the uh, dishes. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a great community. I love, to, I love to be in it. Just be one of the regular guys in it. Because we have a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Walter, is there something you want to say before I start uh, wrapping up here? So, Pete, do you have children? What, what Are they in yeah, the business? I got, I got three kids. Um, they're just going off to college now. My youngest is still here. We'll be a oh, okay. household with one kid left in it. All right. Oh. Yeah. Make adventure people. So, yeah. So you can't you walk know. around the house naked yet. Do whatever no. you want to do. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't do it either. <laughs> Soon. One of these. That's the dream. <laughs> you know, that's the dream. I, I have a dream. <laughs> yes. Uh, you got to have a dream. No, it's a, I think in the end, you'll like, I know for me, I've got one that's away and one that's there. And, you know, they're, they're your baby still. Yep. I'm you the know. guy that's going to. It'll be missing them and traveling out to see them all the time. Yeah, yeah. family's important. Yeah. Very important. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's do this here because we're at 9 o'clock. Um, I'm sure there's more things you guys want to ask, but, you know, I appreciate Pete coming on. So what I want to do is, like, wrap everything up here, and uh, I'm going to start with Walter. Walter, if the folks out yes, there sir. want to, um, you know, get in touch with you, find out what you're doing, how can they do that? Best way is um, best way is to call us on the phone. But if you if you like to use the interweb, which I do, mm-hmm. safetyarborfirearms.com, everything's on there that we have. Um, there's also the social media, which is uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or Safety Ever Firearms, and then of course the mini bike stuff, which is uh, Dirtfoot Racing, and that's on uh, yeah on um, on those same platforms also. So um, yeah, everyone yeah, go to Dirtfoot Racing and tell Walter to make more guns. <laughs> well, I'm waiting on barrels right now for the yeah, barrels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe. But we are making stock and stuff like that. So. Yeah, maybe Pete knows uh, someone that makes some 50 BMG barrels. <laughs> oh, it's it's a slim, it's a slim. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a small market. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Pete, I know you probably don't do a lot of social media, but for the folks out there who want to know the best ways to uh, to communicate with the folks over at uh, Brownells, you know, what would you say that, you know, w- what they need to do there? Uh, well, 800 number. You can always get get a hold of me through the 800 number or six mm-hmm. our direct line, 641-623-5401, or mm-hmm. send me an email, pb at brownells.com. It's pretty simple. 
Okay, awesome. There you go. All right, so stay right there, Pete. I'm gonna I'm gonna wish everyone good night here. I want to remind people to uh, go to HankStrange.com, sign up for our email list. Big thanks to Safety Harbor Firearms for sponsoring the podcast here. We really appreciate that. Also, big thanks to Pete for coming on and for uh, my friend Ryan for uh, for making this happen. Uh, hashtag BOP. Shout out to Ryan and Josh and Roy, of course, and. All the folks over at Brownells, everyone at Brownells is awesome. You know, there were some people that were helping me hide when I was running away. There were some people that were trying to help track me down, but, you know, it's all good. Stay right there. I'm going to hit the end for everyone. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. Um, You know, we will rip out the audio from this and put it up on iTunes and all the other places that you get your audio podcasts. Thanks so much. For everyone out there, shout out. Good night to everyone. We will see you all tomorrow. Uh, Who wants the final word here? Pete, you want the final word? Go out there, pull the trigger, and be safe, America. See you later. Awesome. Thank you so much. We're out of here, guys. Peace.